I did have fun, though, scaring the bejesus out of them with standees. So that was oh, oh, tell me about that. Yeah. I was just putting them everywhere. So, because um, the Riker standee, I actually put on the stairs. Um, and it was, it's on the side of the stairs. It's okay. on the side. So, so like a cardboard standee. Yes. These are, these are the life-size life size. standees that I got from uh, Francine and Jerry. And I've just been putting them around. I've had the wharf standing in my front window for a while. I was amazed because I thought the HOA would send me a letter, you know. There's a black man in your front window. <laughs> you better do something about that. He's got a waffle on his head. Yeah, I know. But, but uh, actually, nobody reacted, so that was cool. But anyway, uh, so one time, and he's like, I got, uh, I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. And he goes tromping up the stairs. And he's Andy. So he walks right by, and the standee's flat against the wall. It's flat. He walks right by it on the side, doesn't even see it. But when he goes to the bathroom, you know, comes out of the bathroom upstairs, it's, it's directly opposite. So I hear this flush, <sighs> wash hands, wash hands, door open, ah, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then there was a time I had the two standees down in the bottom bathroom, right? Now, what's so, the other standee? Kira. Uh, Nerese from Deep Space Nine is opposite the door to the bathroom. So you open the door, she's right there. And then my personal favorite, Jedzia Dax, is standing behind my toilet. So when you go to the bathroom, she makes eye contact with you. And judgment. Yes. Judges you. Judges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, she's got that little smile. Yeah. So. Is she looking down? Uh, no, unfortunately. No, she's looking you <laughs> in she's the eye. She's looking you right in the eyes, Barry. <laughs> so, but what's really fun is also the big mirror in the bathroom is opposite the toilet. So when you sit down, there she is in the mirror looking right over your shoulder. You live in a house of horror. <laughs> so Andy's, Andy's like, I gotta go. You know, we're playing, we're killing zombies. And he's like, I gotta go pee. I'll be right back. And he's like, mark, 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 mark. door open. Man, Jesus. <laughs> Then I hear door shut. Man, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so it just, I put, uh, I have uh, also uh, Troy. And Troy actually is one of the few that isn't busted up. She actually can stand on her own. So I actually put her in his room just right beside the door. And sure enough, uh, and it's really funny because I'm downstairs every time he this happens, and I'll hear it clear across the house. And he's like, "All right, I'm going to bed, man. I'll see you later." March, march, march! Boom, boom, boom! Ah, Jesus, fucking crap! <laughs> so, if I'd have known he was like that, I would have let you borrow the big Torgo head. Oh, oh yeah. shit! <laughs> well, the hash- five foot tall Torgo head. Hashtag goals <laughs> we'll figure that out because that yeah that we have to you'll uh, have to sneak into his room when he's sleeping next time uh, he comes and then put it somewhere so when he wakes up that's yep. the first thing he sees mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I i just i the big thing i want to do it's not even a standee i want to do one of the you know the uh the toilet paper on the leaf blower things people they they, they hook their uh, a, a wire frame in front of their leaf blower to hold a roll of toilet paper, and when they turn it on, it oh. spins out the roll and blows toilet paper it's all a toilet over. Toilet paper you. gun, yeah, and it's just, and I just wanna, I just wanna attack him in his room one day, <laughs> mummify him. Oh, just just spray out a roll. The standy thing was happening while I was there. I we went over a place in Bloomhaven first time in like eight months, 
and like every time Andy would go up get for something or if Chris would go to the kitchen, he'd come back with a standy and put it right behind his chair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching it happen going, I'm pretending I'm not seeing this because I need this to work. Yeah. I need to witness whatever's happening. And that was the <laughs> night that I put uh, Troy in his bedroom. Ah, okay. So. Most guys would like that, but Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 671. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Standy Matt. Vlark. <laughs> And up. And we're here to talk Week and Geek. Okay, Shock Monkeys, Kofi members and all. Uh, we told you last week that we were going to make some adjustments to the Kofi. And so here we are. We have, have taken a few things away, but replaced them with good things. We took away the stuff that people wasn't using. That's right. We're taking away everything. I'm taking the money, and I'm moving to Connecticut with it. God him. damn it, Barry. Connecticut. It's okay. Wow. I still have all the login info. Well, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff to the rescue. Connecticut bound. Torgo is a dick. One, two, three. We got to try that pizza, right? Is that New Hampshire pizza? New, New, Haven. Haven. New Haven. New Haven. New Haven. New Haven. Barry gets to Connecticut and finds out the bank account's empty. What the? I can't afford pizza with nothing. <laughs> Connecticut pizza. How's Connecticut pizza, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. Andy <laughs> vouches for it, but oh, okay. yeah, that Andy. guy can't smell. It's probably better than New York pizza. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he already said, uh, bitch. We did, we did this, this last is episode. A, so. this is a, I hear a bitch talking. <laughs> Andy did say, uh, really liked Red Dwarf pizza, but not as good as New Haven. So, yeah. Yeah. so with the uh, Kofi, here are the tiers going forward. Uh, most of it you will recognize uh, about the few things will be thrown in and we'll explain them as we hit them so uh, uh barry's going to take over for this T- tell us what you get barry if you join our kofi well for just five dollars a month you can join our kofi at tier one banana pudding and you get all the stuff you got before you get the exclusive content you get all our spoiler talk you get our behind the scenes stuff you get our uh the games that we sometimes play you the get, live you, plays the live plays those are great people we, love those we just put up a new one last week uh, yes a poetry for neanderthals is it Neanderthals or Talls? It's Neanderthals. But, but it sounds so pretentious when people... Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we should do it. Yeah, <laughs> then we should definitely do it. Uh, Discord access. And I cannot stress this enough. It's an active community. People are chatting all the time. It's really cool. So Very annoying on the notifications. You'll love it. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you'll get off. Minecraft server... <laughs> Kirsten, we're promoting. Stop it. You'll get access to our Minecraft server. That's just for uh, for Geek Shock, Shock Monkey Army people. And it is sticking around, by yes. the way. For those who are wondering, we took, we took the vote and it was decided. It's sticking around. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, uh, sticker of the month. Uh, you'll, be getting, <laughs> you'll be getting those. Sticker of the months. As, as months. As often as we can, we got like the Bymon sticker con. Yeah, we got, we got like six of them in the in the hopper right now, so you should be expecting those very shortly. And that's just you get all that, and you get to contribute to this great show, and Jeff, and uh, <laughs> and that's just for five bucks a wow. month. Now yeah. that was tier one. That was just tier one. That's just tier one. Tier two, foot long chili dog tier. Why are they named this? Don't ask questions. Um, <laughs> We used to do this cameo style custom message thing. Well, that's going to go because no one used no it. one used the damn thing. Yeah. one person used it. Uh, but we're going to keep the monthly mystery drawing for something amazing, and we just gave one of those away. Uh, uh, yes, to, to uh, Mad Martron. Yes, oh, hopefully. Yeah, ho- <laughs> we, we think we, we, we're going to have to send him another one because someone didn't update his address. Uh, I'm just we're going to stop this right right now, yeah. uh, my friends. If you are part of the Kofi and have been, or just brand new, and you've moved. 
uh, maybe update your address in the Kofi as well. So when you get your mystery prize, uh, the person who moved in after you doesn't get it. Right. Well, and yeah. we're sending stickers out very soon. So yeah. So your I stickers. need your addresses updated. Right. Please. We so. want the mystery prize, not the mystery person who gets it. Yeah. yeah. Give me your address, Dale. And not only that, we're going to add something. Something brand new. Oh, something shit. Something in tier two. We're, we're going to call it a clockwork Torgo. We're going to fix Torgo's movie life. Yes, and we're going to put it in your hands, monkey. So this is how <laughs> it's going to work. Yes, there's a lot of movies I should have seen and have not. And I get a lot of shit for it. And we are here Crawl. to Deservedly so. fix this. A so, movie. So. Human centipede. Anyone tier two and <laughs> tier above. Three. We'll have access to. <laughs> I just keep hearing ones that you can add. Uh, <laughs> Human Centipede Two, <laughs> Serbian movie. Human Centipede Three. Actually, that one's terrible. Still, he needs to watch like it. any of them are good. Um, <laughs> Let's continue. So, so, so here's how it works. There will be a special channel on the Discord, and that is where you can nominate movies for me to see. Now they have to be movies that I have things that are available to me. Things that might be on Netflix. Disney Plus is a good place. Uh, Amazon Prime, uh, the free stuff. Uh, I mean, maybe the uh, the rentable stuff, depending on the the movie choices, and can be found elsewhere. Uh, your your major streaming service. I don't have Peacock. Don't you dare. So, nominate your movie that you think I should see. If I haven't seen it, it will be considered. Now, I will pick four of the ones that I haven't seen and put a poll up every month. Uh, the poll will be decided upon by you, dear Kofi members, and the movie that wins the poll, I will watch that month and report about it on the show, giving my personal review of, what one, why I haven't seen it at that point, what I felt about it, and whether I should be kicked for not seeing it. Probably literally from Barry, because he can reach me under the table. I can. Yeah, so. And, and he doesn't even have to squat. So you, dear listener, get to decide how Short and what joke. order to fix my life. <laughs> okay. And you know what? That was just tier two. Ready? We're going to keep going. How about tier three? Brisket taco. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell I was hungry when I named these? Um, Don't ask questions. Not birira so taco. not only will you still get the monthly drawing for a painted mini from Torgo, which, by the way, that next one you're doing looks awesome. Uh, it's done. And oh, it's done? Yes, it is absolutely finished, and it is time. I think it's time to give it away. You know what? Let's give it away right now. Yeah. Give it away, give it away, give it away, yo. All right. right. All uh, right. So everyone that's in the Kofi 3 and up are in this drawing. So, uh, Barry, go ahead and give us a spin. Music, please. We have a winner. That is Elena Nup. Elena, Elena! Now, the mini we gave away this week is um, a Wanyodu. It's a uh, Japanese spirit. It's a head on a flaming wooden wheel. It's freaky looking. It's awesome. And it was a hell of a thing to paint when I got started. Because I was like, oh, this is going to be fun to paint. But it's two-sided. So it's actually like Mm. painting two minis versus one. So it took me a little longer than I expected. But it's done. It's on fire. The fire effects are nice. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. And Elena, I hope you give it a good home. En fuego. And I will be on the Kofi putting up the next mini very, very soon as before I start to paint it so you can see what it is. So what else you get for two? Yeah, got to get on this Discord, people. Anyway, uh, what else they get? They're going to get their Shock Monkey Velcro patch. Now, if you already got your patch, awesome. If you haven't got it yet, if you're new uh, to Tier 3, 4, or 5, let me know. 
because we'll send it out with the next sticker shipment. Awesome. Okay? They're awesome patches. I put mine on my hat. And it's because I got a Velcro thing on my hat. I, I put the I got the Velcro ones because that way you can you can either sew it or you can sew like the little thing behind it onto something that way you could pull it on and off with Velcro. It's the way to go. And we're adding something to tier three. Uh, you can include your character in an RPG supplement being written. Uh, what I does have that been mean? I have been writing well. I haven't been serious about it until this year, but then at the end of the last year, I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to get serious. I'm going to finish this supplement. And I already have like 20,000 words written. I want to write another 20. And it's taken me a while because I haven't been, you know, dedicated to it. But now I actually am. I'm going to really, it's a Forgotten Realms, well, really, it's any. It's anything in Dungeons & Dragons 5e supplement. Yes, I know all the shit's going on with the open game license, but I don't care. I'm going to really, because it's D&D related. I can't change now. So... I'm release. I'm gonna release it on DMs Guild uh, sometime by the end of the year. Um, I already got all the most some of the art lined up. I got uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. So and you, you can include your character or yourself if you don't have one in it. So you you you'll write that character. I'll write it in into it. Yes, it'll feature in. The, now is this an adventure or is it just a setting or what is this? Deadcon, yep. the convention for mercenaries and villains and ne'er do wells. Most of us have played it. Yep, we've been to DeadCon. That's where we rescued Sparklemane. Yes, rescued, 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 rescued. Sparklemane. There's, there's a lot of NPCs I got to include in this. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people to rescue Sparklemane. <laughs> Good, bad, <laughs> somewhere in between. I'll find a place for them. The best part about it is you can play it as a good group or as an evil group because it's it's meant as like an evil convention. DeadCon, obviously. So it was really. I've played it both ways because Barry's played it. He's tested it out with a couple of our groups. So it's super fun. So if you want to add your name or your character's name to this eventual D and D release, uh, tier three and above. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it for tier three, which leads us to Fireball Whiskey Tier Four. For just fifty a month, you get to well, you get your monthly board game arena session, which those are awesome. I love playing monthly board game arena with everyone. Um, As do I. Yeah, we have a good time. Yeah. Uh, you get to sponsor a show. Once a month, you tell us, who is our show sponsored by? We've done some really great stuff in the past with uh, J.R. Conkle and even Kingvald sponsored some things. Jake's sponsored some great stuff. Oh, there. yeah. So, And that sponsorship could be basically whatever you want, uh, whether it's something real or something not. Just want us to say some bullshit. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> and more importantly... Uh, previously, you would get once a year uh, custom artwork from Andy. Well, it never happened because Andy's been super busy with life. So we're going to up our game a bit, and we're getting rid of that, and we're replacing it with our own custom art masterpieces. Oh, Jesus. Masterpieces not guaranteed. From Geek Shock Gang. That's right. Once a month, you're going to receive some custom art from us, and it's going to be amazing. And we're going to take turns. So that means sometimes it'll probably be fine, and sometimes it'll be stick figures. Wow. Sometimes so, it'll somebody be Somebody just crayons, had to make sure that got mentioned. <laughs> finger paint, macaroni art, whatever. Setting expectations. Macaroni art? Yeah, why oh not? It's God. art, right? You can do macaroni art. I might do some watercolor. I don't on, know. On, like, construction paper? Yeah, there you go. Collage. <laughs> blood art. Oh, yeah. yeah that's I mean, for the goths. We're not doing blood. No, we're not going to no. cut and no, dribble. And no, then, no, no. Now, if Andy's doing art, if he decides he wants to help us out, he probably spills something on it. Mary, is that? As long as it's not blood. Spill art. Spill art. Splart. Splart. Now. That's not a thing. 
So yes, once a month, one of us will be taking on art duties and we'll be doing the entire art run for the group. Uh, however, one of those pieces will be selected, which all the other Geek Shock members will add their own touch and flair to that one piece. So once a month, somebody will get a piece that was done by all of us. Macaroni art, glitter, catcher. I'm, I'm down for the glitter part. Arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. It's going to be great. It's going to be something geeky, obviously. And, of course, uh, Tier 5. And then, of course, Tier 5. Tier 5, uh, Buckfast and Haggis tier. I'm glad you had to look at that. That's the best. <laughs> now, it's 100 a month. Uh, we currently have five members. Tier it's, five. it's topped off at six. Yeah, we have one place left right now. Now, you get uh, D&D. We originally envisioned that as you come to town, we'll do a live D and D session, or if you want to fly us out, whatever. But you know, it's, that's just yeah, it's it's inconceivable for most people. I know, and it was supposed to be like a once a year thing, but but we're going to be doing more D and D throughout the year, and then something mysterious. Now, some people have gotten their mysterious thing. Uh, I think uh, I think we've made good with uh, Leon Mitt, but some people ha- have not. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to give away something mysterious. To the top tier. This is tier five. That's right. Those are the only people uh, that are going to uh, be eligible for this. So we can't use the the uh, lovely Yi Feng Toys Factory uh, bingo thing. So instead, we're using a Pop-O-Matic. Yes. Yes. This is the only dice Jeff could find. <laughs> this is the, we, we had Jeff comb his house. We are in a nerd house in Las Vegas, <laughs> and the only die he could find was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Pop-O-Matic that I think Andy got us at one point for the Pop-O-Matic action. I got like five minutes to look. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's like a TMNT trouble game, but it only just has pictures of the turtles on it. has nothing to do with the turtles whatsoever. No. So here we go. I'm going to... Pop this pop o Do you pop the pop o Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You well, push it. Hence the name. I didn't know what the verb was there for that. Pop it. There it is. All right. Let's see. Number five. Jeff Harris. Jeff, oh, congratulations. Yeah. You want something <laughs> mysterious. Should we just say what it is? Yeah, I think we should. Case, this case is pretty awesome. You got an awesome pair of steel gauntlets. Like real ones. Real ones, dude. Yes. Like 100% we're gauntlets. <laughs> we're really sending these things to you. You could hurt a fool with these things. You really could. Yeah, you're going to love them. <laughs> your kids are going to love them. And Every- your kids' kids will love them. You could beat them with It's a family gauntlets. heirloom. There you go. Get them engraved. <laughs> They'll tell stories about how their dad used to beat them with these gauntlets. Wow. Oh, wow. You went there. You went there. And that's that's the Kofi layout going forward. And thank you to all of you that have joined our Kofi and supported this show. You have no idea how much that means to us. We feel special. But even if you haven't joined the Kofi and you're just a regular listener, thank you as well because you are truly the lifeblood of this show. So thank you, everyone hearing my voice, except everyone in this room. Fuck you. No, you, you're <laughs> an asshole. Wow. <laughs> So that being said, what geeky things you do this week, uh, Deb? So got to watch a few things, catch up on some TV. Watched Kaleidoscope on Netflix. So I don't know how many of you guys have heard about how it works, but I think it's seven episodes or eight. They're all Red, named- orange, yellow, blue, green, violet, pink, and pink purple white. horseshoes. They're all named a color, like Barry just listed. And the way that they did this show is that you are, Netflix randomizes the order. 
So there's always an episode that everyone watches last, and that is white. the actual. It's white. The whole the whole series is about a heist. It's about a heist, many years in the making, and everything that surrounds it and the people. And so everybody watches White Last, which is the actual heist. But other than that, the order differs by person and account, I guess. So when we decided to watch it, we looked up, so because a few people obviously had already picked better order, you know, you should probably watch it in this order. And we found one and we really did appreciate it. And it jumps around. It really does in timeline and everything. So it's a, re- uh, it's a unique like watching experience because you are getting different pieces at times where it doesn't sometimes it makes sense completely and sometimes it doesn't make any sense until you see like an episode four episodes later and then it makes total complete sense but it was an interesting I think approach to telling a story where it's not going to be done in the same way as like for everyone it's going to be different yeah you can watch it chronologically but it it, it wouldn't hit as hard mm -mm, I don't think it would be as enjoyable because the story the actors are decent. Um, and I, can't, I forget the lead actor's name. He's been in quite a few things. And I really do enjoy watching him. Um, but... It's Gus from Breaking Bad. What's his name? Gus. You just said it. Yeah. No, the... the, the Esposito. Anyway. Uh, oh, it's uh, Giancarlo Esposito? Thank you. Yes. Yes. Ooh. So you he's know, the Gus. lead. Gus. <clears throat> he's the lead. Darksaber. Yeah, that guy. Um, some of the stories... I think every episode is, is directed by a different person. And you, it's not so extravagant that you can totally see the difference, um, but you can in bits and pieces. And so I definitely think if you watch it in, chron- in chronological order, it just wouldn't be as enjoyable. I don't know, something about having it be all over time, because some episodes jump like 20 years in the past and then current and then six, Even after the heist. Right, then six months after the heist. And, and you watch that before you watch the heist, which is really weird because you're watching how everything ends before you actually watch how they got there. It was interesting. The order we watched it in, and this is the order that I recommend watching it in, because I kind of sat there after watching it, and I we, we pieced it together in our head, and it's like, yeah, you know what? That's the right order, is yellow, violet, orange, green, blue, red, pink, white. So, there's, the a, there's an order. Yeah, Netflix. It's on Netflix. I'd be interested to see what other orders everybody... Because when we went to see the episodes, it just kind of puts them in an order. It's weird. Maybe you should discuss that in the spoiler section of our Discord. Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah. Do that. All right. And then Barry and I have started playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland because <laughs> it's couch co-op. It's a new game that is actually couch co-op. We have so rare, so rare, so many years. They tons of games put out couch co-op, and then like overnight they switched to oh you can play together, but only if you're on different systems which is why we actually had to buy a a separate xbox and television for our house so we could play video games together the scheme worked (laughs) seriously anyway it's annoying because but then we're like yelling at each other from other ends of the house you know hey i need to pee pause the game blah 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 it's ridiculous anyway (laughs) so it's super fun because we can play together we can sit on the same couch right next to each other and play this game and it is enjoyable so far we haven't gotten um Maybe like a third of the way through the game. But there are a couple problems we're having. Well, Barry's Barry's character's <laughs> shield won't recharge. He has to die for it to recharge, and he can't figure out why. He even bought a new shield, and it does the same thing. So 
I don't know. It, my, my shit's fucked up, dude. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. It's so weird. Shield doesn't recharge, so I'm, I'm dodging a lot, yeah. trying not to die. And we don't know it's if it's because character? he's the... Like, I... The, I am the character, so the game is saved under me, and he's like the add-in. So I don't know if that, if like it's just a fluke with the code in the game. I don't know. But he has tried multiple shields, and they're all doing the same thing. It's funny. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Um, but no, we're, we're enjoying it. It's funny. And I do like the whole, once you play through the very intro scene, and then you get to play on the board and walk around the board, and you're like... It's literally like she's built a board on the tabletop and you're a little tiny figure and you're, you get to walk and it looks like it's a board on a tabletop. Oh it's yeah. Cute. Pieces it's of popcorn fun. and Cheetos. And, yeah. And the stupid random encounters when you're walking on the path are me nuts. Anyway. Let that be a lesson to you, DMs. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I won't make you guys travel an entire game session. That sounded personal. Again. It was. It was. It was personal. And Deb learning about uh, random encounters and having a whole session where it's just a slog to go from point A to I point tried. B. I tried. I sped through some of that stuff too. Anyway. <laughs> we finished Willow. The, the new the TV series. Yes, the yes. new TV series. I made Barry watch it because he was given up and he didn't want to watch it anymore and I made him watch it anyway. <laughs> Two episodes in, I was like, eh, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I really like how it ended. I, feel, I do agree that like the first couple episodes really, it was like they were trying to find that quirky personality that the movie had with Val Kilmer and back in the 80s it was like they were trying to find that and I feel like they finally did with the other actors um towards the end of the series of the season and I know Jeff you've seen it oh I watched it all I really liked it too uh the um oh I'm totally blanking out on his name the uh the character that was a prisoner and then goes on the quest with him you could definitely tell that so uh, Val Kilmer was originally supposed to appear in this, but COVID and other things happened around the time they were beginning production, so he wasn't able to travel overseas to actually film this. So a lot of the script was already written beforehand. So they gave elements of uh, what was scripted for him to other characters. You can definitely tell that they gave a lot of uh, those elements to him. And then, of course, uh, uh, the kids that yeah. are supposed to be him and... Uh, Matt Mardigan and, and uh, uh, what's her name's kids. So Sorsha. Sorsha, thank you. So, uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd say the only thing I didn't like was where they were definitely mixing in modern quirky slang and stuff mm. into this, this universe. And I'm talking like 21st century slang written into it. But I get that it's there to attract the younger crowd that probably isn't familiar with Willow. Probably not. From 40 years ago. so Not quite that old, but almost. It's pretty It's, it's pretty one of those 80 there. movies that kind of hit, but it wasn't a massive hit. No. And it really didn't kind of stay the test of time. It's kind of forgotten. Yeah. Not, not, not like you know, Dark Crystal or Labyrinth. It's, it's... Well, it's also one of those Disney films that didn't... It didn't get replayed a lot. Like, uh, a lot of your Disney films... Every summer, you know, you'd have the kids movie festival where the parents could just drop their kids off and go do whatever. And you had a lot of Disney films that would get repeated every year. They never put you know, Dragon Slayer in the kids. They thing, didn't. Ever. No, they never put Legend in the kids thing either, <laughs> or the Black Cauldron. <laughs> yeah, or that one. Legend hit with me, man. I don't... 
But yeah, I really hope they get to do a second season. I really appreciate where they left it at the end of the season. They were selling Sherlindria's uh, wand yes. at uh, Hollywood Studios. Oh. We didn't buy it. So as of right now, I believe season two is planned, but hasn't gone into production yet. Okay. They need Kilmer. They do, but he has a lot of health issues now. Well, they can CG it. (laughs) Put him to fucking work. That's not cheap. No. It's Disney. It's a fantasy movie. Or you could just recast it. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper to do that. Fuck. What the fuck? What? what? I'm making a done right production decision here. It's cheaper to do that. What? Jeez. If you even think about touching Labyrinth in that manner, I swear to God, I'll kill you. Uh, yeah. Although yeah, we, we do need the CGI out his bulge. Well, you know what? Speaking of. Uh, Speak. I can't wait to see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I like watching YouTube videos of various people that go to see various attractions around the United States and elsewhere if they can get the budget to go. Uh, one of the people I watch is called the Grim Life Collective. They are a horror-centric couple that go around and look at uh, filming locations for horror movies and uh, things having to do with film, but especially if they have a horror bent. And he went to the Academy of Motion Picture Museum that opened up in the last couple of years. And they have the original... Uh, costume that Bowie wore and on display and it had complete with bulge on display so <laughs> so I just saw that last night so that's why I was uh, struck by that <laughs> so Grim Life Collective is fun actually they're going to be here in Las Vegas uh, the Day of the Dead uh, convention happens next month and that's uh, they're going to be at that one so I look forward to meeting them very cool what else do you do Flark what do you do I only really did one other thing is I organize stuff. Oh, great. Like, not physically, but... The one thing that I would let him organize, let's just be clear. (laughs) Okay, you know, wow. (laughs) No, no, I get it. We know My wife would let me organize shit. No, apparently I have 139 board games. That's a lot. And I made a database in lieu of, you know, working um, with... Uh, the number of players minimum, maximum, the average time, uh, the year it was made, what Board Game Geek says the complexity is, what Board Game Geek says the rating of the game is, the link to it, my rating, Deb's rating. She hasn't rated these yet. Is this an Excel spreadsheet? It's, yes. It's a Google Doc. Of course it is. Yes. It's a, whether or not it's portable so we could take it with us. Uh, the type of game is it? Is it like an exploration card, legacy, deck building, whatever? The publisher, is there an online version? Is it like Steam or BGA? Uh, is, the, is it an expansion? And any notes? God damn. <laughs> yeah, dude. He comes in my about- office today and he's like, have you looked at it yet? I'm like, I'm working. <laughs> so was I on this. How long did that take you? Uh, not long, I hope. I hope. A few hours. A few hours. He's making oh. like banging noises. Here I am thinking, because my office is right next to the library, so in that closet where we have the board games, I hear everything, and I think it's the cat, because the cat sleeps in there all day, and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing now? So I'm running in there, just Barry. I'm like, god damn it. What just was all the banging? Moving him moving around shit. Yeah. I gotta you see you, all the board games. You take avoiding real work to a whole new level, Barry. <laughs> go big or go home. You know what's really, really tragic about that story is right now, listening to this episode, 
uh, rum cake is putting her hands <laughs> on her face and sobbing because Major Meh heard that list and everything that has to be done to board games, and he broke a sweat realizing he has to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will give him this template this template and he can fill it out himself oh it's, yeah it's actually very easy making to do. that template was the hardest part of that whole <laughs> yeah oh, it's just a not, little not country. the inventory part no the, no no the population looking up the, the board yeah oh, i geez. think he's the only person i i really know that would have more board games than us you think i know and i know he's friend mark with <clears throat> but that's I, yeah. and he's also the only person we really know who would want to one-up me Inventory his board yeah, games like same. that. Yeah, he would. He 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 probably heard that list and he's like, oh, I need to do that. Well, I just got tired of saying, okay, what board games you want to play? I don't know. What plays oh, my X God. number of people? What's quick? There oh you go. my God! Just look it up online. <laughs> there, right here. All right. So so now that you've compiled this, what have you learned about your collection? Oh. I need more. <laughs> That's what I learned. Yeah, he has an odd number, which apparently is bad. Yeah. No, no, no. What I learned is. Uh, so I'm going to give these a rating from one to five, okay? okay. And then Deb's going to give a rating from one to five. And I think are we if, going through them all now? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but God. if I give, if one of us gives something, if together the rating of this thing is like only a four, like if I rate something a three and she rates it a one or a two and two or below, it's a candidate for getting sold. Ah. That way we can get rid of some shit because you know, like my fives. But you need more games. Do, we talk about getting less. Well, well I talking about better making games. them more quality. Yes. Yeah. yeah, better games. So, for instance, what's up in my, 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 my fives, like Gloomhaven, Dune Imperium, Lords of Waterdeep, Twilight Imperium, shit like that. Sure. And my ones, all the Monopolies. <laughs> How many do you have? Well, I have, well I, have, I have, okay, I have been gifted them by family members over the years of, like, collect. So, I have a Beatles Monopoly, and I have a Disney Monopoly, and I think I have one other version. But Disney they're like, seen it. They're collectible, you know, collectible Harry Potter, Dis- Life of Jedi's Path. Disney Monopoly. Hmm. Donkey Kong Jenga, regular oh. Jenga. I, mean, I know what I'm doing next games? Christmas. <laughs> Star Wars Monopoly. Oh, God. Barbie Monopoly, yeah. That's part of Disney Monopoly now. Star Wars it is, yeah. So we'll see. And then now, thanks to Andy, I have a whole laundry list of games I've never even played yet. Haven't even heard of. I know. It's uh oh, did he give well, you a list. See. No, I have a li- uh, no, he gave me a bunch of games. Oh. Yeah. Andy Andy's good for uh, games you've never heard of. So it looks like I have about 30 games that I haven't played. Oh. Okay, that's uh, significant. In- including like good ones supposedly, like Kingdom Builder. Oh yes. Fallout, yeah. Power Grid, Alter Quest, Zombicide, Black Plague. I got to get into these. So some of these he picked up at that board game flea market. Flea market. Flea market. Yeah, yeah, that was a few months ago, and we just haven't had a chance to play some of them. I think the lowest rated game on here is one that Andy gave me called Legends of the Hidden Temple, based on the TV show, oh, okay. game show. It's apparently really terrible. Oh, wow. So maybe I'll give that to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that will start a trend then. Yeah, let's not. What? Yeah. <laughs> I already gave you the best game ever. You asshole. The best <laughs> For my birthday, ever. gave me Trump the board game. Did I <laughs> mention that in the show? I don't think I did. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I have all my board games now up, not all of them, but most of them up on display on shelves now. Just not that one. And yeah, <laughs> that one is tucked in a drawer <laughs> underneath the couch. I'm surprised it's still in your house, actually. I, I'm, I'm keeping it because we're goddamn going to play it. <laughs> oh, you're not going to re-gift it? Oh, no. We're going to play it. It's going to happen. 
just to see how horrible it is. Yep. You're going to have to look at that orange face for however long it takes. 15 minutes to 90 minutes. I don't care. We're going to play it. And we're all going to wear suits while we're doing it, but no. the suit's got to be too big for us, and we're going to have one yes. long red tie. Yes. Messy hair. Well, and, how much of every move that you make is actually fake, and it's not... Uh... <laughs> I'm playing it right now, Jeff. Oh, okay. Can't you tell? <laughs> and I'm the best. I'm the best at this game that's ever been. There's never been no one better than me for this game. Everyone says so. It's the best game ever. <laughs> I think I, I want can't do this. a Trump. I want this to also be a haunted game, Todd's for haunted. for what? that time when you finally do get rid of it. I'm going to negotiate with Tara for her to tell me that you got rid of it, so I can get another one and bring it into your house when you're not looking. <laughs> and so when you turn around, you just find it sitting there. I love that idea. What? Although I got a feeling this is going to be a pink elephant thing. <laughs> <laughs> we need to. Find a bunch of those and just have them at the ready. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah really. Where can we find 10 copies of this game? In hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any Trump rally pop-up carts. There you go. Goodwill. Uh, January 6th anniversary. I, I tell you what. You January set up a booth at a Trump Montano rally. Bay. You could probably sell it for a good oh, price. Oh, I'm sure you could. Yeah. I'm sure you could. <laughs> See, I gave you an investment. Oh, there you go. Yes. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I'll put it right next to the NFTs of his that I got. Yeah. Matt, what'd you do? <laughs> Nothing. Good. Jeff, what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to a convention this weekend. What? 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 Conventions? Yes. Trump convention. Um, it would normally... No. <laughs> uh, previously, it was known as the Supernatural Convention, but now it's kind of become Supernatural adjacent to the TV show because... Supernatural adjacent? What does that mean? It's basically, it's it's spun out into like all, like all the different shows that are on the CW because so many of these actors have crossed over into all these different projects that... Um, CW, the convention. Yeah, basically. But uh, the main reason I went is because Tom Willing and Michael Rosenbaum were there. Ah, and, so, so uh, this was your Smallville convention. Yes. Uh, I wanted to hear uh, their panel and... Uh, they were very entertaining. Uh, Jesus, Michael Rosenbaum, like five seconds into the the panel, basically got up, started wandering the audience, and ander- answering questions from all throughout the room. It was hilarious. Like fact, just per- like personal, not even with a microphone, just walk. No, he had the, no, he had the <laughs> microphone. I've got answers if you have questions. Like Tom Welling was on the stage, and then you know they were doing the Q and A with the people lined up uh, at the two different microphones, but. Rosenbaum was all over the room. It was hilarious. Uh, in fact, at one point, he stole somebody's scooter and just took off. Wow! <laughs> it was it was so, it was very entertaining. I was laughing. Any pretty theft hard. is entertaining. I guess. I so, mean, he yeah. brought it back, obviously. Oh, but okay. Just, it, like yeah. a mobility scooter, like. So I follow Jared Padalecki and Jensen. Uh-huh. I follow them both on Instagram. Yes. And Jensen stalk. Jensen posted a picture with. With both of them, uh-huh. and mentioned and said that he was on Smallville. I don't remember him being on Smallville. Uh, he was. Was it like a one episode thing or something? Or I think halfway through the first season, he left to go do Supernatural. Oh, but he was like uh, uh, somebody that was in. Uh, I'm trying to remember the character. Well, um, that would have been centuries. Someone ago. in high school there. <laughs> yeah, him? somebody in high school. It was like in his gym yeah. class. Or something like that. Okay. Um, I'm going to look it up. But yeah. Real memorable, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, so I got to see the two of them. Uh, also, Mitch Pileggi, who... Um, Shocker! Yeah. Most 
people in this room would know him as assistant director Skinner from the X-Files. No, shocker. Shocker. Well, shocker as well. Um, shocker is from what? It's a movie. It's a movie. And uh, it's also not a, that cursed. It's a really terrible Really? Film. The movie wasn't about that? No, put it's your hand down. Very, oh. Dude, dude it's, terrible. it's Colonel Caldwell. That's why. Uh, I, that, I was just going to say, that's, he was also Colonel Caldwell on Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, get to listen to him talk about all the different... Like, the guy's been in a ridiculous amount of things. Uh, he has 105 credits on, on IMDb. So he's one of those people that people in the room that were asking him questions when he would answer a question, they had forgotten that he was in another project that was... So it just, it's, it's, it's like at one point, one of the guys on the panel that was with him, he turned to him and was like, is there anything you have not been in? <laughs> three o'clock high. I enjoyed yeah. him in three o'clock high. So. He was in three o'clock high? Yeah. He played the head of security at the school. Oh, wow. A worthless head of security. That yeah. Was. I got knocked out in one punch. Mm. But uh, yeah, he was really entertaining. Um, uh, oh, uh, also got to see Kat McNamara, who was on the last couple seasons of Arrow. Uh, she played Mia Smoke, who is uh, uh, the daughter of Green Arrow and Felicity. Okay. So, uh, flash forward into the future where she's in her twenties. So it's it's you'd have to see the final season of Arrow, final two seasons. I don't get think that's happening anytime. Time jumping oh, thing, dear. but uh, put it on the list, folks. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of other TV people. Shows. And then uh, and then also uh, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles. I got to see there. Their panel as well. They were there? Yeah. Deb, they were there. I know. They were, well, they, were, they were supposed to be the stars of the show, but they appeared on the very last day. Well, yeah, because it's funny. After, so Jeff told me about this last Tuesday, and I looked at tickets, and they were obscene. Of so course, we so. were not going to go. But I then, on Friday, Jensen's posting pictures from Hawaii. I'm like, isn't he supposed to be in Vegas at a convention? They came in on Saturday. It did yeah. a few things on Saturday, but their actual panel was on Sunday. But yeah, so yeah. None of them were there until like probably midday Saturday yeah. or Saturday morning. But uh, That's how I want to live life. But it was interesting listening to them talk Hawaii, about everyone. I know. I mean, I've I've only seen a handful of episodes of Supernatural, but I also know both these guys from other projects. Yeah. Like I mean, you've seen was all the Smallville. Yeah, well, yeah, I've seen all the Smallville. Soldier, he was Soldier Boy. Uh, Soldier Jensen Boy. Ackles was mm-hmm. yes. Soldier Boy on uh, the Boys. The boys. The, oh, the last season okay. of The yeah. Boys here. He did a really good job, gotcha. too. Yeah. Did you not watch The Boys? I, I thought you talked about the song. <laughs> Soldier Boy. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Shut up. Um, and we also yeah. we also got to interview them once at Comic-Con. We did, yes. That was amazing. <laughs> that was so amazing. <laughs> for, fight for that Poor Targo. He offered to, to hand over those duties to Deb, but she's like, nope. <laughs> it was so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I just took pictures. It was great. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it was a fun weekend. Uh, I only went on Saturday and Sunday, but it was like Thursday through Sunday. It was what it's so funny. Um, I'd gotten so used to how they basically take over the entire convention center in uh, in the in the Rio. The creation is the one that sponsored this thing, and they were tucked all the way in the back corner of the convention center. Oh, okay. So it was a it was a much more. I don't it, know if the word intimate is a, a proper word for this type sure. of convention, cozy. but it was very cozy. Um, the thing that really shocked me, though, is the dealer's room was empty. Empty? Like, there were, it was maybe half to th- two-thirds full. Um, there were a lot of empty tables in there, so I don't know if people had gotten there early and then just decided... Oh, they went to Hawaii. 
<laughs> or it's a creation joint they just cost too goddamn much. What? Yeah. It, it could what? be that too. Todd? I don't know. What? But also the majority of the people there were for a show that's no longer making right. shows. So it's now yeah. I mean, only. It's not like Star Trek. I only went, like I said, on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday was fairly well attended. Sunday was packed. So clearly Everybody people were there. waiting yes. for, clearly church people for the, like this. The, the headliners of the convention. But, what? Uh, the church people didn't like Supernatural? But I'm just sitting there thinking to myself on Saturday, and I'm like, this is the third day of the convention, and this is very small. Well, that's also it. That's just too long for a convention. For but that type I was of convention. I, I was Saturday, the third day. That's what a lot. The hell? I just thought, do six hours. Get it done. Let all go home. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> I've spent enough. <laughs> I always judge a uh, convention by the dealer's room. Uh, yeah. One of the first conventions I yeah. ever went to was a creation Star yeah. Trek convention. And when I went, this is like 20 years ago, um, it was a really nice dealer's room with lots of cool stuff. Yeah, you, know, you got the fan groups, right? Yeah. You got the... Uh, the the, the people who like like the the toy sellers, yeah. toy sellers, every conceivable prop toys. replica maker. Oh yeah, yeah the, the the replica guys are great. And then you get a fun weird shit. You get you always get that one booth where they're selling swords and knives and yeah. bullshit. One that, booth, yeah, that has nothing. I know, to do I know. With you're anything. like at Star Trek, and oh wow, Conan sword. These people oh. like these things. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll sell them. Yeah. yeah, and you got the guys selling like like games. Like I I picked up a, a Steve Jackson Illuminati game. Oh yeah, at yeah, a Star yeah, Trek, yeah, yeah, and yeah, when yeah, I picked yeah. it up, I met, I really picked it up and walked out. Um, oh and, well, yeah, but you were Florig at the time. So yeah, that's true. Um, uh, the video bootleg guy. No, there's always the video bootleg guy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. where you get your copy of the uh, Star Wars uh, holiday special. Holiday special. Right. And yeah. that one fan thing, uh, Joker, Batman versus Predator, where the Joker in there was actually pretty fucking phenomenal. Right? And you, you then, could actually get videotapes of uh, pilots that had never yes. appeared yeah. on yep, TV. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Fantastic mean, Four. Uh-huh. Um, um, uh, Justice League. You can't uh, do that anymore because a lot of those studios have those under major lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's rare that one of those gets leaked now. But back then, you could buy a VHS yeah. copy. Yeah, it was of all just sitting there. This TV show that never became. There was a Star Trek convention at the Union Plaza. Ah, uh, yes. Up it, uh, oh. in like the second, third floor. Real class joint, folks. Tiny cigarette smoke. It's just gross up there, and it was small. But that's where I first saw a booth. They said they had all these like scripts. I'm like, well, what are all these scripts? And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, what's slash fiction? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I was just a young, impressionable Star Trek fan. And and you got some impressions. <laughs> yeah. Like I picked it up and started flipping through it, and then I put it down, and then I went to wash my hands. Oh. I got uh, back in one of those booths uh, a copy of the Star Trek Generation script, and it had the original ending where uh, Kirk is killed by getting shot in the back. And I remember reading that and going... Yeah, this is not gonna this is not gonna go over well with the fan base. And then seeing in the theater, I'm like, oh, huh, that's weird, it. and that's not at all. So that starts to make you question the the validity of these scripts that you buy off the table. Then come to find out later on that they had actually changed it based on audience versus the script where uh, Kirk and Spock hook up and people are oh, there were a lot of that's those. gonna fly with that's, the fan that's base. That's very script. That's there not, there were a lot of those. That was the original Discovered Country. <laughs> 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 yeah, but. 
how was the dealer's room? How was the dealer's room? Like even though it was tiny, the, uh, but the quality. Uh, it was a lot of handmade stuff. Mm. Like um, handmade like tail stuff. No. Oh no. my god! Like it's they're handcrafted. They're they're uh, becoming more and more Etsy alleys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, really there was. used to be a little Etsy alley at like a, a at, at, at these things, and now they're taking over. So. <laughs> on one end of the room, it was all supernatural specific stuff like uh, T-shirts and bags and very Etsy like like you're saying, you know, uh, high high quality. I will give them that. But it was definitely non-licensed stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Creation, of course, has their tables where they have the licensed show stuff. Uh, That's tribute to, to Supernatural and then they had their table with the pictures, and then everything else was like handcraft stuff, Prop except people. for there were two um, there were two booths for somebody that had written a book about the TV show, two different books about the TV show. Wait, books about the TV show, yeah, like and a fan guide kind of things. One of them was like uh, said stars and and celebrities remembers the the journey of Supernatural or something like that. And it was basically just mm. a bunch of interviews. Compiled together. Oh, so and not, then the not other supernatural one. slash. They had no a lot of seasons. I'm sure, that exists. And I think what did it say? Like 15, they had right? Didn't it like ridiculously high? I, like I want to say it was a little bit longer. Um, but they have three hundred. Well, they kept saying that they had done the show for fifteen years when they were on stage. Yes. They repeatedly said fifteen years, but I thought it was well, yeah, because it like went sixteen two thousand five to twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. They had three hundred and twenty seven episodes. Because when they first started, they were doing, you know, like the 22 episode seasons. Right. So. Take that, any Star Trek ever. Okay. So what was the ratio of uh, good booths to shit booths where it ends up being like, hey, sign up for a credit card or, (laughs) you know, timeshare. Timeshare. Barry, I'm going to go right ahead and tell you that there were no timeshare stuff. But as far as the actual quantity of booths, there were... I th- less than fifteen. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Left less than fifteen exhibitors. Wow. Okay. With so, a knife, I, guy. I mean, the knife guy good. there. <laughs> the knife good. guy's got to be there. No. Oh, no knife guy. But uh, wow. It yeah. I mean, hardly was any anybody was in the dealer room. They were all in the theater watching the the panels. So I'll at least give them that. Mm, but, that's crazy. But yeah, it was entertaining. <clears throat> were there fan organizations there? I'm not ripping on them. I'm just asking. Were there? I can't tell you one way or Because I'm wondering, if, are there like brown coats were to Firefly? Is there a name for the fans for Supernatural? Well, I, will I realize I'm getting into this like 15 years too late. 90% but. of the people there were wearing red flannel plaid. So, I mean. The flannels. Bobby. So, the yeah. lumberjacks. The chest Bobby. winners. That's Bobby. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know who it was, but there was a lot of people wearing. Brown shirts. Plaid. Red trekking. And also maybe a thing. I know uh, Jared Padalecki has a. I'm surprised actually he wasn't selling some stuff, but he supports. Um, it's almost like, mili- you know, why am I blinking? Past military people, why am I blinking? Veterans. Thank Veterans. you. Um, and like mental health stuff. And I think some of the stuff he does sell is that um, plaid coloring hmm. related. Also, they're Canadian. A. What? So. But they all live right, in all Austin, plaid. Texas now. We all wear plaid. <laughs> were they at least selling family business beer? Probably not. <sighs> Wanted to get some of that grackle. It's really good, actually. Oh, it is really good. Yeah, if you're ever in the... Dripping Springs area, Texas. Which is just <laughs> west outside of Austin. <laughs> what a great name. Yeah. yeah. It is. The, main the family business the brewery, it's 
Jensen Ackles and his wife and her family opened it. And it, it actually is really good. It's a huge property. It's a place that you can go. A lot of the breweries out in Dripping Springs is a place where you hang out like for the Saturday and they've got games outside and places for kids to run around and pick up tables trucks. and food trucks. And I mean, most of the breweries out there are built for you to hang out for hours and just kind of be with friends and spend time. So it's a really cool place. Nice. I've started reading, uh, you'll probably be interested in this, especially Matt. I've been reading uh, J. Michael Straczynski's autobiography called Becoming Superman. Have you read that, Matt? I have not, but it's in my Goodreads. It is the most horrifying read I have read. It is not going to be in my Goodreads. (laughs) (laughs) In years. Like in what way? Oh my fucking God. I have read plenty of autobiographies and biographies of people who grow up with horrible families. Just, just this, my, my, my father was gone all the time or, or uh, abused me and my sister as a kid or whatever. Nobody, nobody beats Michael Szczynski and what he went through as a child. Fucking hell. Really? His, Even worse than Will Wheaton's his backstory. His father huh? was an actual fucking Nazi. Oh, oh my Jesus. God. Okay. Wow. All right. I mean, I have I, never heard a more abusive, horrible coming of age story, I guess, for lack of a better word, in my life. His mother threw him off the roof of a building. He would have was died. Was she high? No. She was clinically depressed. And she was pregnant and couldn't handle the idea of another kid, so decided to get rid of one. If Yikes! He, if he hadn't gotten tangled up in like the TV antennas and stuff off that, he would have died. Oh my Jesus. God. TV saved his life. And he yes. stayed living in that house. Uh, he stayed living in that house to protect his sisters from his father. Wow. It is Not to absolutely insane. And, the mother, and, probably. and the rot is like like generations because it starts with his grandma, how his grandmother met their grandfather and both of them horrible human beings who begat a horrible human being. Oh my God. Yikes. How did you his, like... His mother was basically kidnapped and blackmailed into remaining <clears throat> with his, his father. Just... What I, I I'm listening to it in an audiobook and I'm having a hard time doing that because I keep wanting to cover my face when I hear what he has to say next. Wow. And I still have to drive and I can't do that with my fingers <laughs> over my eyes. My God. I am a third of the way through it and he is finally getting to the end of being he's now going to college, all right? Wow. In the nineteenth city he has lived in. Since uh, as as of nineteen, what He's, time period would that every year? What time period would that have been? Uh, the sixties and seventies. He was in college. Uh, no, seventy early seventies college. Yikes! But my God, I've seen and read horrible people, and I don't think I've ever read a character in a horror novel as horrible as these people are. Holy it crap. is mind blowing that he lived. Well, and did so much like complete opposite direction with his life because a lot of people end up with family stories like that end up repeating the cycle. There is one story I do want to share here and because it's actually a, kind of a nice story in a way. And it was like a, a just shining moment in, in his 
youth. We're talking, he's probably about seven, eight years old. And his he would stay with his grandmother when things would get really bad at home, or especially when his mother was in really, really bad shape. Uh, his grandmother was not a good person either. Uh, but uh, she, in the basement of the apartment complex, uh, was an artist that was living there that she was having an affair with for years. Who? Who? His grandmother. Okay. Okay. And, his gra- and this is... Uh, this affair went on for ages, but he used to go downstairs, sit on the stairway, and watch him paint in his room. Uh, the painter looked over at him once, and he ran up the stairs. And then, so the next time he came down, the painter says, "I'll make a deal with you. Uh, you pretend you're not there, and I'll pretend I don't see you, and just let him sit there and watch him paint." Uh, the painter. Uh, was commissioned to do his magnum opus based on a picture that was taken from the Polish homeland uh, of a family's uh, estate. And he took him a month to paint the whole thing, and he watched him paint it. And he was so proud, He went to the painter went to go up to the grandmother to show her the painting. And young J. Michael Straczynski uh, saw that painting sitting there on the, on the stairway and decided what that painting needed was a cat. And he walks up, grabs the paintbrushes, dips it in the black paint, and in the center of the painting proceeds to paint a black cat in only a way a child can. The grandmother and the painter return downstairs. Grandmother turns white, then red, and starts to shout, but the painter stops her. He's like, hold on one moment. Obviously, he thought the painting needed a cat. And now that I look at it, I think he's right. So I'm going to keep this one, because this one's very special. And I'm just going to start a new one for the, for the commissioner. And it was one of the most... I almost cried when I heard that after everything that kid has gone through at this point. Just this wonderful moment of compassion that this artist gave to him that was like a small beacon of hope when he needed it. Yeah, especially considering a lot of artists get really finicky about people touching their artwork. Oh, don't you fucking touch my minis. I tell you right now. Uh, Unless you get one for free through the special minis offer that we have on Kofi. Ah, uh, yes. But you're not going to well, want to modify Todd's well, minis when you get those. I, I, I point, I've seen at least point. one that needed a cat, but well, <laughs> I didn't say anything because I didn't want to hurt that his feelings. That would be a very special mini if you did that. <laughs> I'll get my black paint. A very special mini. I would shove up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously it's obvious that the painter had a sense of what was going on. I yes. Mean, when he, yeah. If he made that deal... Yeah. I mean, he could have just said, kid, it's okay. Come on, sit down. But right. if, if he's like, okay, I, I see how everything, all right, you pretend I can't, you know, and I'll pretend. You can and, hang out you know, here as long you as you want. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, at one point, the painter was up with them partying, and they would feed the kid at eight years old tr- shots of vodka and make him drink. Well, that's Polish right, right. there. So. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so the painter would grab the drink from him and start cheering everyone and spilling it intentionally so he'd give him a smaller shot, just saving him in little ways like that. Aww. See, I see what the grandmother saw on that guy. Definitely. <laughs> it's, uh, but uh, it's been an amazing journey so far. I can't believe he had an upbringing like that. Uh, but at the same time, Straczynski is a master 
writer and has an amazing ability for pacing. So if you want to read an absolutely incredible autobiography, Becoming Superman by J. Michael Straczynski has been an absolute wonder. If you can in get a, through. In the, a horrible way. Yeah. You are going to witness horrors. I haven't even, haven't even touched. Oof. Yeah. That, wow. That just really puts things into perspective when you consider um, his difficult journey in the entertainment biz. Because I, I, I remember watching a panel with him at Comic-Con many years ago. And, you know, he wasn't disparaging the industry or anything. He was just talking about his struggles to get anything done in the industry, even when he was like a staff writer or later on when he started producing his own things and, you know, the struggles there. That's what I thought maybe you were going to start leading into. And you went completely different direction there. So maybe that's the perspective is like having been through all of that, all the other stuff didn't matter. That's why he, when he was talking about it, he didn't, you know, didn't make it big negative on the industry. I have such a respect for him. Oh, where yeah. he is now from where he came. Wow. Kirsten, what'd you do? Well, that just shows the power of vodka when you're eight. Not true, true. The power of vodka. That's right. Nice. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you, I also um, had a horrible childhood. Uh, and, and Torgo should respect me for it. I Good luck with that. wanted a USS flag, the aircraft carrier from G.I. Joe. Oh, and yeah. I... Um, I didn't get it. You're kidding me. Childhood ruined. That is Respect awful. me. Actually, I think this... That is some bullshit. How did you even <laughs> exist in that household? Where a friend of mine had two. The thing I actually think that was that was more atrocious is that his mom is a 100% Jersey Italian. Okay, Italian. Jersey Italian. She never cooked, really, or taught him any recipes at all. Childhood ruined. There you go. And this man Respect likes to cook. Me. Nothing. That's a complete and utter neglect. And yet, I, I can't I can't wrap my mind around that. I know. Like every Italian mother I have ever met in my life, that's forces like, food is cooking yes. all the time. Yes. Jesus Christ. Betty, no, no, she does the forcing food piece, and she she totally will get on your case if you eat slow or you know don't eat an entire ginormous plate of food while she's like bird picking at things. Um, that she does for sure. But the food, the cooking, and none of the recipes from her grandmother, none of it. The thing we got to take from this is that Torgo has to respect me now. No. 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 God damn it. I'm still the only guy that would throw you off the roof as well. <laughs> I don't know if you're the only guy that would throw <laughs> and, me off And now in the, the day yeah, of looking probably, around this table. Not the only now, see, the difference is that you would do that just to watch him hit every antenna <laughs> on the way down. But, ow! Oh, ow! Well, actually, oh, he ow. would throw him, and then he's like, oh, it's the age of streaming. <laughs> what I'm hearing is get in line, Torgo. <laughs> I uh, I actually uh, uh, decided to uh, experiment with the black pudding, heavy helping uh, labyrinth lord hack that I got a while ago, and so I ran a session for Mrs. Maple Leaf, Maple Leaf, Major Meh, and Rum Cake this weekend. It actually, it was actually, it was actually interesting because we spent a lot of time on character creation. Because uh, black pudding uh, does interesting character concepts. So, uh, bring us back in as to what black pudding is different than other RPGs. It is a, it is one of the OSR, the old school Renaissance. So you had um, with the uh, OGL, you had not just third edition, but a lot of people started just producing 
um, uh, using the OGL statement and started producing stuff. From the open the, gaming license. Yes, the open gaming license from a whole bunch of other D&D properties, uh, second edition, third edition, um, the what they call the basic expert, uh, even, even original D&D. And um, there was one uh, called Labyrinth Lord, which was basically a, uh, it was kind of like inspired by the, uh, the basic expert. Um, and, uh, they, um, so that, that, that hack was there, that, that retro clone is what they call them. And that retro clone was there. And then black pudding was just somebody having fun, totally you know, messing with some of the rules and also just creating a whole bunch of different character concepts and magic items and stuff like that. And it was a very DIY. That's the part of the OSR that I really like, the do-it-yourself aspect Heavy of it. Heavy multi-classing? Uh, it, well, the, it, in, in this case, I mean, the, the, the emphasis on create your own stuff. Go Gonzo. Do your stuff. So multi-classing? Uh, there can be multi-classing. So did Paulette hate it? Uh, well, no, because nobody multiclassed. They were first level, and, and and character creation wasn't that long. Stuff was already made. We just rolled our hit points and our stats. Yeah, but it was mainly like we're talking, and then oh, dinner's ready, and then yeah. we ate, and then that right. was hardly any character creation. He's so, exaggerating. I, I'm just totally ruining everything. <laughs> so um, you ruined a good dinner, Kay. But, well, well, one of the problems was Lewis. Because everybody was basically... I, oh, we were all done choosing our class, and he's like, oh, I don't want to play this. I don't want to play this. And, well, this. and we were like, Lewis, come on, it'd be fun. Play the sinewy barbarian. And he's like, oh, well, I need a 16 in strength, and I didn't roll one in my scores, so I can't do that. And it's like... Just play Lewis and you know Lewis it's just like it, you gotta you gotta do it right or it's not worth doing and I was like roll 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 one th- more one more roll another set and he didn't then, get a single double digit yeah. eight eight nine eight eight yeah he did. I was like wow three d six wow three d six and he just so it, make him a gnome barbarian oh my god well the thing was is that it it's Lewis so a gnome barbarian might have you know a minimum of 14 in wisdom or something he's like oh I don't have that so I can't do it can he just role play it oh my god it was just like Lewis don't worry subtract two from one score, add one to the other, get yourself to that 16. Uh, so he finally he finally dug around and finally got, and he he went with cleric. So he was Lewis the cleric. But, um, but literally, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, leaking yeah. through it. This is what I'm playing. Yeah. Luchador. Yeah. Oh, yes. He grabbed the luchador. And it was really funny because I saw that's that. class? Okay. Yeah, yes. I was going through the book and I saw that and I'm like, oh, that's that's Matt to a T right there. So yeah, um, I want to play a gnome barbarian and suck helium before um, the, Well, there's actually... Before uh, the episode? Actually, Barry, I didn't include it in the packet that I gave them, but uh, there's the Fey Savage, which is basically a teeny tiny Fey barbarian. So, oh, like I'm a down, brownie, I'm a down brownie for that. Kind of, hmm? like a brownie or a pixie. Uh, kind of, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. You like, know. what's his face from Willow? So yeah. we we talked Stephanie into uh, running a chainmail chick. So uh, that's the uh, fighter, female fighter who wears a chainmail bikini, but charisma factors into her uh, 
defenses. Yeah, like like she's got an attack. Look, look at these boys. Well, that's <laughs> how Matt calls it. Let's just with a chainmail bikini. You're yeah. gonna, they're gonna chafe. It's gonna be gross. But what what oh. she has like this reaction role when she first encounters enemies. She had there's a role to find out if they're just like beguiled by her. And then, if so, there's a table to roll on to see who gets bonuses and negatives for uh, being beguiled. You know, stuff like that. Um, Sinewy Barbarian was the opposite of that for men, which was really funny because we thought uh, Lewis and, and Stephanie doing that would have been great. Oh, like, yeah. No, I didn't get a 16. Ugh. So, um, and then Paulette was the Black Knight. The Black Knight ah. is... The blackest black, you just like black and, and you're a badass. There's actually a role for badassery and, you know. Are you saying she's got the power, she's got the might? No way. Uh, well, kind of, sort of. She was actually upset because one of the uh, class options I did not include, uh, and she stumbled across when she was looking through the book. Murder hobo? Uh, <laughs> Barbara Bunny. Give it to me. Yes. What is this? Yeah, yes. it's, it's a human uh, bunny hybrid. That's uh, a it's barbarian. A furry. That's kind what of I want to play. It looked yeah. like it looked at Jessica Rabbit. She yeah. was like, oh, yeah, and she was like, well, I didn't see this, Kirsten. I would have like looked at, and I was just like, I never would have thought, Paulette, <laughs> that you would have gone for that because yeah. Barbara Bunny and Chainmail Chick Warrior Chick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is definitely some DIY. Yeah. To- Bullshit. Yeah. That's awesome. Bullshit. Oh, Kirsten, now do no, me. What would awesome. I pick? You? Yeah. Well, yes. there was um, a bard in there. Just an, a walking <laughs> ass. <laughs> there. W- well, there was a there was a bard like thing in there. Uh, the the other thing I wanted Lewis to take that you might have taken was but, it's called the Elementarian, which is an elf that has all sorts of lore skills and is it's kind of a know it all that never and, graduated from and, elementary school and actually school. actually got a little annoying. And it was really funny because because I was like, Lewis, that's you all over. Take that character. <laughs> oh my god, he should do that. And then every so often, when a monster attacks, he can just pause and go. Actually, yeah, no, that, there's there's like roles where you can like figure stuff out, and he actually actually, actually does actualize the conversation. So, uh, but um, we actually had some fun with that. Uh, we ran through some goblins. I had like ten mm. goblins attack the four of them, and they were all panicking because well, no, Lewis panicked, and he got the others panicking. Um, so because you know Lewis and numbers, ah. yeah, he just broke it down and like we're not going to survive this, and they actually did. They actually did. Lewis had to bring Matt's character back twice. Yeah, I don't wear no armor. I just have a championship belt. Well, yeah, and you're a luchador. Yeah, actually, yeah. no, he's he's <laughs> he's uh, leaving out the part that for this character class, his dex is his base armor class. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty good dex. Well, but a, a sometimes good. you like to wear the stretchy pants. <laughs> yeah. No, I was I was going to have it because you have like a sacred mask or an armband or a belt. But my name was like Abra Bone. So we rolled random yeah. names. So you roll like a couple d6s and it came up Abra Bone the Lovely. Yes. And actually. And one of my vices. Y- or not my Your vices, talent. My talent was good looking. So I'm like, oh, well, so I can't, can't have the mask, mask on. I can't wear a mask I can't now. Wear mask on. And I'm looking through the equipment like, oh, look, I can get a mirror. So I'm going to buy that mirror because I'm always looking at myself. Yeah. You'd be like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Did you have a <laughs> glorious mustache? It was it was actually hilarious because at one point I when he rolled up the talent I was like oh, okay strap yourself in Paulette because you're gonna fall out of your chair and she's like why and I'm like 
his talent is good looking. <laughs> they were both laughing, so it actually it, it actually got kind of funky. So we did a whole bunch. the 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 idea was to play with the old school thing of lots of random rolls, lots of roll dice to create this and foment it and stuff. And uh, so yeah, it was kind of fun. I like there were the rules are not perfect. There were some issues we came across where we're like, well, what do they mean by this? There's still one major rule for Matt's character. We're all like, I don't, do we? And we're not, we can't agree on what it, the hell it meant. Huh. It's but, like a running throat punch. Haymaker. Or haymaker spinning kick. Yeah. So minus two to hit, times three damage. Um, but then it says, dex save or fall prone. But I'm, it, I'm thinking it's for the monster. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. say yeah, it doesn't target say deck save or fall prone. Yeah, and it doesn't would... say you need to roll a deck save or fall prone. Because of the triple damage. Oh man. Three, I'm, th- I'm thinking. I'm thinking should. it's yeah. a limitation on the character. Yeah. But so many of yeah. his other powers say target blank. You blank. That one conspicuously is worded that way, and we're just scratching ourselves wondering what the fuck. And of course, black pudding. It's a little fanzine. It's a little thing out there. It's not big. So when I tried to find a rat, I couldn't find Dinky Doo. So you know, but we had fun. We had uh, we had crit rolls. Uh, That's the name uh, of my gnome barbarian, um, Dinky Doo. Dinky Doo. <laughs> yep. Dinky Doo, the gnome barbarian. Succulent. Before I go into the episode. What? There you go. What drives him? Oh, revenge. For what? I, dude, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Come on, you said it in the wrong voice. That might stole my sweet roll. No, okay, no, dude. I think it's great. Revenge for what, dude? I don't know. That's perfect. It's just running around for revenge and has no, no, no fucking, idea why. No it's idea just, why. It's just there's going to be revenge. They're, I have to get a it, lot of helium balloons. Yeah, it's for like that an session. Ayn Randian uh, libertarian. It's just you know why I don't know, but I want revenge. <laughs> it sounds good. And there's a sweet world involved. It all makes yeah, sense. Yeah, really. So, so we had fun with that. Yeah. It was actually it was neat hanging out. Also, because we talked for a while, just about so. Especially, oh, oh, Matt, that reminds me of the story I got to tell too. Um, we were talked about the OGL and stuff like that, and uh, that brings up one brief thing I want to take up a little time. Oh, with. yeah, I'm supposed to remind you to oh, say okay. something. So anyway, that about was all. I, that was all I did, and. Uh, Okay, so Matt just reminded me. <laughs> um, uh, I was watching a bunch of OGL uh, discussion videos on YouTube. News you don't give a shit about. You know, and uh, Duncan comes downstairs, appears in a puff of smoke to... Uh, <laughs> was it smoke or funk? <laughs> <laughs> and like the character both. from... Um, the Peanuts. Yeah, Pig the pen. Peanuts. It just always had... It's Pig Pen. It's both buried. Yeah, really. And he shows up to make, some, make a meal. He's making himself something to eat because uh, Duncan, for whatever, oh, yeah. whatever. Talk about that story that Duncan was going to tell you, or he told you about the bronies. What about the brownies? That's where you're going. One with story this. at a time. Yes, yeah. that's, that's where, you're going where with this. I'm going. One story at a time. That's what. No, yeah, I remember. That that's is the story. The story. That's the story. Yeah. I just remembered. He's reminding me five minutes after. Tell me about the goddamn brownies. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I need to know about the brownies. Fuck no, bronies. Bro, bronies. I, th- I thought you said brownies. He did no. say brownies. Oh, everybody. Bronies. All right, everybody. Uh, uh, I'm okay. fucking shut it. Let him finish. <laughs> so he shows up to cook, and he's listening to the OGL kerfluffle thing, and he's like, "You know what? 
There's an interesting Hasbro story, a th- brony thing that uh, popped up a couple months ago. And I was just like, what, what, mm-hmm. what do you mean? He's like, there was a, uh, there's a one fan, brony fan, very popular on uh, the internet, uh, Luminous Dazzle. And that was her. <laughs> I yeah. love the story already. Yeah, that, that was her pony. And she's on. She got art on Deviant Art. I believe he said she wrote fanfic. I mean, this is big in the Brony community. She's very popular. Well, Hasbro did a get uh, uh, Barry. You'll you'll recognize this. Uh, get your bron- Get your pony into the uh, My Little Ponies universe. They will use your pony. Put submit it, and it will appear. In episodes, in movies, what oh, have you. Oh, what a shit show that inbox must have been. Yeah. Well, Daz- <laughs> Luminous Dazzle packaged up her pony uh, and sent it in and won the contest. And she Oh, had- wait, wait, wait. Was it like you get a My Little Pony and painted it or something? Well, like- it was submit art, submit your story, she the was, background, she was the whole thing. art. Yeah, oh, okay. there, there was art. There was the way you back said it. I thought maybe it was like a you got a pink no, 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 pony no. like a like like Andy's little shit. pony in the jar with the stuff. No, don't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, she packaged up her her fan pony and put you know submitted it. Won the contest. Everyone was really excited. And then like three weeks later, and this is where Duncan said this is what ties in. Three weeks later, got a cease and desist. She has to stop using her pony. In all and every way, no art on Deviant Art, no Twitch channel, no nothing. Nothing because they have now taken ownership of it. Yes, and he and, and he was it, like, and you'll like this, Jeff. It's in the terms of service. Yes, she actually was like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there, and sure enough, it's a clause in the it. contract. It's a part of the terms of service in the contest that you. Relinquish That's why you're supposed to read all of that stuff. Yeah, They're well, like 200 yeah. pages. I know. So she, it was. It was, and she actually owned up to it. She even because it was really funny. Nobody's talking about this. Uh, Duncan sent me link, links to the Twitter thread where this discussion was happening, and she actually owned up to it. She's like, guys, uh, I didn't, I didn't notice it, but it's there. It's okay. I'm gonna make a new pony Sona. Uh, that's what they call them. And uh, and she said, please don't harass, don't hack on uh, Hasbro. Oh, no, do it. Because people were really getting do up it. in arms about it. Because she was totally blindsided by These that. These fucking corpos. Of course, everybody who probably submitted to the contest was blindsided by that. Uh, so, but that, uh, Duncan was like, that's, uh, you know, in light of this OGL thing, that's an interesting Hasbro story. And it happened just a couple months ago, he said. Normally, I would just rip on bronies, but this is the one time I'd say, you know, since it's so important to them as a persona, not yeah. just a character that you dreamt up and can be part of their, their universe. They're serious. Yeah. They're wrapped up. That kind of crosses a line a little bit, and you're really going to hurt your fan base. And, and it reveals don't understand the fan base. Yeah. Yeah, you know, which is which is kind which of what leads... made to OGL blowing up in their face. Now, for people who haven't been on Discord and who haven't been following it, uh, we're not going to take up a super long time with this. I just want to mention one thing to, for <laughs> for people who haven't uh, heard anything about the OGL since the last time Kirsten and I talked about it last week. You know, I have this as my first week in geek thing. Oh, do you? Yeah. Then so, I okay. will shut it. I'm going to get some water, and okay. we are going to go into news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Boo! Yay! Yay! Ah, my first story. <laughs> Is it my about bronies? Story. 
No. Is it about brownies? I was interested in no. brownies. Yeah, I was I was on board with it that. It made yeah. me sigh so heavily that I just had I had to bring it to the show. Seth Rogen. Oh, okay. Okay. Who every time I read an article, like a news article where he's saying things, he always sounds so freaking high. Anyway, probably yes, cause cause he, he is. is. He probably <laughs> is. I know because he sells. He has a company that sells weed in California. Anyway. Uh, one of many companies a, he has. Yeah. He's a poster child. He's the new Cheech and Chong. Yes. Yeah, him and Kevin Smith. That's about like everything they do now is he, while he, they're totally baked. He out. He out Smith. Smith. Yeah. So he, for the first time, went to the Critics' Choice Awards and was presenting an award yesterday. Okay. And he was presenting the winner of Best Comedy Series. However, being his first time ever being on this show, Critics' Choice Awards, he began to rant on the CW, which is the network that was airing said show. So he mentions, obviously, when he's getting up there to give away, you know, the pronounce the winner for Best Comedy, he goes on a rant. So right before he goes up there, apparently they did the award for Best Supporting Actor-Actress, and they actually gave away two awards and just did the one, you know, for Supporting Actor and Actress, and they named an actor and an actress at the same time. Economy of time. Yes. Makes sense. So he said, that's weird. Why do they do that? Are we crunched for time? Get another hour. It can't be that expensive. You know how I know that? The show airs at 4 p.m. on the CW. That can't be a price. He actually said this on the awards. Dude! Yes. That's awesome. I support you. I mean, he's right. And then I support you. he went on to say that the CW actually had no nominations at the event at all. And I'm not saying that the CW is bad. What I will say is the one network to receive zero critic choice nominations is you. You're saying it's bad. We're on the least favorite network. How did that happen? <laughs> Nominate yourselves next time. You'd have won. No one will think it's weird. They'll think it's fine. <laughs> Literally. Wow. High AF. And then, to top it all, he had to end with, and if you're a normal viewer of the CW, this is a startling image to be seeing on your television right now. I might be the first Jew on the CW in history. Yes. He says this. Soak it in. And so, in fact, they've had at least two starring actor roles on two CW TV shows, both of them women, both of them Jewish. I was going to say... Take uh, that, Seth Rogen. Yeah. My Rachel crazy Bloom. ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah Rachel, Rachel Bloom. And That's Ruby Rose from Batwoman. Stay down, oh, okay. Seth. Of course, of course, Jeff knows. <laughs> well, I knew crazy ex-girlfriend because... Uh, well, uh, don't we all? Our, our, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say our friend Paul interviewed her on uh, Ice Cream Social. Uh, Seth yeah, Rogen's so. an idiot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. The CW actually was acquired What's going to happen? Year. He's not getting invited back on the CW? I know, seriously. Oh, seriously. I'm sorry. That blows all those uh, <laughs> opportunities for a show for a robot. But they were acquired last year by uh, Next Star Media Group, yeah. um, which is why I think they've been making so many of the television changes. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they're they're uh, since the since Next Star took over, they really have been wiping the slate clean. Um, just trying anything and everything, yeah. shutting down, uh, basically canceling all of the shows that were popular and making them money mm-hmm. to try to start fresh. And I'm like, there you go. That's what um, I want to do. Okay. Every time I get a job, I'm making money. Time to start fresh. Yeah. I but that's what Fox used to do all the time back in like the yeah, 2000s. Really. Actor um, salaries climb over time. They uh, do. Yeah. Over those six or seven episodes. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, um, that's why that's why Warner Brothers canceled a lot of their shows, so they didn't want to pay higher rising actor salaries and pay their staff, their writers. They don't more. want to pay anybody. That's yeah. true. I, well, that's that's well, kind of what I was thinking. Well, the CW used to be the WB. So. Yes, there you go. Well, no, I mean, it, and it was frog. connection made. Well, it was Warner's, and uh, well, most of the shows were by Warner's, but it was also uh, uh, CBS paramount that had the other stake in it which is why it was the cw but cbs paramount had more or less backed off yeah i uh just i won't i won't tell the story but <coughs> google brian cranston seth rogan are you okay it's actually a, a kind of related story i've noted all right we'll okay. all right seth rogan i agree with you he aggravates me and he's one of these people where pot is his is his uh, his brand Yes, no, that's his personality. That's yeah. him. I used to know people like that, and it was fucking aggravating. Don't get me wrong; I like drugs, and I enjoyed smoking lots of weed the back ganja. in the day. But it wasn't my fucking personality. You yeah, know? yours is whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Suck it, all of it, <laughs> everything I got. <laughs> Speaking of drinks. News you don't give a shit about. Oh Yay, drinks. Oh For a long time, the soft drink giants and the titans of the alcoholic beverage world stayed in their lanes. Oh, yes. Those lines, however, have blurred in recent years, and you can blame the ready-to-drink market and hard seltzers, as they call the ready-to-drink market RTD. Think of RTDs as cocktails in a can. So those beverages that make classic and not-so-classic bar drinks at your disposal without Alcohol requiring pots. any mixing. Yes. White Claw. Hard seltzer, of course, has been a craze that every company has wanted a piece of, and hard seltzer is... One of those RTDs, which led to Coke partnering with Molson Coors for a line of Topo Chico hard seltzer. Okay, so Coke okay. now has a hard seltzer on the market. All right. So Pepsi followed by working with seltzer, seltzer leader Boston Beer to produce a boozy version of Mountain Dew. I, I saw I saw advertising for that. Yeah, I've, I've seen it around Ugh. town. Got so much sugar. Mountain, don't. Coca-Cola is also working with Brown Foreman to offer a canned take on a rum and Coke. Like a pre-mix, ready-to-drink rum okay. and Coke. Well, that's hard. You put rum in the Coke. Yeah. It's uh, yes, but in a can, you buy in a out of a cooler at 7-Eleven. Yeah. yeah, you can yeah. drink this on the road. It's also not as easy to, to, to can yeah. it as you think, because they've got to do other chemistry yeah, You put chemistry the lime in stuff it, you drink it. them both up. You chemistry know. stuff? Yay. For shelf nerds. life preservation. Yeah, I know. No, Jeff's right, because I tried a, um, what was it? Who made it? The vodka lime thing. Oh, Deep Eddy. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Oh, it was fucking terrible. It tasted like soap. Ugh. Oh. Years well, and years and years ago, Jack Daniels had a Jack and Cola that was a canned off-the-shelf, and like it did not taste like cola at all. I don't. Cola. You could definitely taste the Jack Daniels in it, <laughs> but I don't know what that was. It was a brown liquid. Yeah, they're, they're I like a liter cola. <laughs> they need to put the Coke back in the cola. And drink a boat up. Yeah, well. So, while Coke and Pepsi have been working with partners in the alcohol space, Molson Coors is making a big move on its own to make it a threat to Coke and Pepsi. Yeah. So, they are, going in, they are going into the non-alcoholic cocktail market, which oh. has become kind of a thing. People, you know, the, the dry January, yeah. trying to stay away from alcohol. Mocktails, yeah, yes. are a big thing on the strip right now. They are. Um, and a <laughs> lot of companies... Barry's face, folks. I just want you to... Cocktails with no alcohol. Well, their whole thing is... Isn't that called soda? No, their whole no. thing is they're making these these mocktails that taste like 
the alcoholic beverage. So they've got all the fruit juices and the different yes. and the you know the the you dashes have, of like virgin drinks. You have actual, but with no alcohol. Very, yeah. You have yeah. actual mixologists with creators and all these things. Crazy yeah. complex mocktails. The only thing they're missing is like a shot of vodka or something. It's yeah. it's yeah. Well, we can stop that. It's, I'll have it's, a, I'll, it's I'll impressive in its creativity, but at the same time, it's just like, why? I, I, could, I, I call it Tuesday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see it as, a, you know, like a, a, a no-alcoholic Mai Tai or something right. like that. Well, especially, you know, if you're one of those people who may Non-alcoholic Mai Tai! <laughs> yes. Most of the, the ingredients are fucking Mai Tai and rum! Non-alcoholic Warp Core Breach. Or which which reminds with me with pineapple of, juice and maybe some cranberry juice or something. Yeah. What the? There's no cranberry juice in goddamn water. <laughs> but you gotta replace the alcohol. <laughs> Nor is there pineapple juice for that matter. No. Two, I don't know. I don't make those drinks. Barry does. <laughs> two of my favorite <laughs> moments as a bartender was when somebody wanted to return their Long Island because they said there was too much alcohol in it. It's oh, a well. Long Island iced tea. It's yeah. all Except well, for the and, splash of Coke. Yeah. And the second was a apple martini they said was too strong. I'm like, it's all alcohol. They're like, well, no, there's... I was like, no, no it's, it's apple all... vodka, apple pucker, and that's it. Oh, well, more the pucker. It's all that's apple. Not, yeah. not. They just want the garnish. Just give them a fruit salad. Tell them to shut up. <laughs> Barry so, hospitality industry. <laughs> so Molson Coors has created uh-huh. a new product called Roxy. It's a zero-proof canned cocktail. Inspired by craft cocktails with a twist, Roxy's packed with flavor, a hint of intrigue, and a whole lot of attitude without ah! the booze. The launch of Roxy of is Molson Coors' latest venture in the Beyond Beer space and makes their first ever direct-to-consumer line of zero-proof cocktails. It is the brand that empowers people to be part of a movement. <laughs> Celebrating the choice to drink or not it's to big, drink. Big in Utah. That's fruit juice with extra steps. <laughs> so you're, it's hard seltzer that's just seltzer. It's yeah. LaCroix or whatever, whatever you say. Now I can get behind the, the craft cocktails made at a bar from fresh ingredients. Yes. But this just... Yeah, sounds... They've had those for years. It's called a Shirley Temple. Order. You want to you hear mm-hmm. what the, the flavors that they oh, got are? Oh, boy, do I. Oh, wow, yes. Three flavors. Ripe and passion fruit. Bold, zesty, and so lush with passion fruit. It's almost indecent. It's sour. Sour. Yeah, sour. Sour as hell. Forbidden pineapple. Juicy, tangy, and drenched in vibrant flavors that dare to go there. It's pineapple sweet. and orange. It's a smoothie. I and like lost that. in mango. Rich and aromatic with a full-bodied finish and a dash of intrigue. Kern's Mango Nectar. Wow, there's a lot of intrigue in these. And uh, the crazy thing, people, is you can mix them together to make your own fancy drinks. <laughs> wow. wow. That, so that far, brought the bar down. ice cream. That's like a few years oh, ago, shit. that company that was doing the, the canned mixers is like, you know, Cosmopolitan, just add vodka. Like, it's yes. like, literally, it's like, it's all the stuff you need minus the... Yes, it's the mixer shelf at yes. the... At the God, liquor store. Like yes. store. That yeah. makes yeah. sense yeah. for people who don't know how to mix stuff or don't have the time right. or the patience. That's fine. That's a legit product. But that's what this is. Yeah. It's no! just that. <laughs> no! <laughs> this is sacrilege, Jeff! <laughs> for now, they're only going to be sold online at a drink. <laughs> yeah, because they're not buying wow. them at 7-Eleven. My God, it, it, this story just you know incrementally gets worse. That's I figured funny. you'd market it at the 7-Eleven right next to the Micheladas or whatever. <laughs> buy it online. You can buy your... Fucking fruit juice at the grocery store. <laughs> Man. Now, you know what one one uh, market would be is like the can, and you call it D, uh, D, D. No, D, D. 
the designated driver. And, you know, oh. that's the... I see where you're you going. You know, so they can get it in a fancy I, glass I with the umbrella and their little thing of mint and, you know, but it's not alcoholic. I and thought DD stood for deer devil. Well, no, it's double. Daredevil? Oh, no, deer no deer devil. The deer without fear. Yeah. Oh. Wow. It's a that, Marvel character. That's a, it's a deep oh. cut. <laughs> it's from the amazing Spider Ham and all them. <gasps> uh, Spider Ham! I have the, like, number one of that, you know. Classic Geek Shockers know what this is. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Harris is going, yes! <laughs> In that tone of voice. The right people know. Oh, oh, that's it, right? That's the only news you don't give a shit about, right? Uh, one more. <laughs> oh. News you don't give a shit about. Feel the pain. Terrible week. I feel the pain of everyone, and then I feel nothing. <laughs> The Last of Us got underway Sunday night with an eerie cold open prologue that's set on a talk show in 1963. An epidemiologist played by John Hanna of The Mummy and Spartacus gives a dire warning to an, an incredulous host who is played by Silicon Valley's Joshua Max Breener about the looming fungal threat. So I've never played this game. Okay, so like seeing the picture of this article like i was like what the hell is this anyway so well just so you know that fungus actually is around but yes. it's it I cordyceps yeah. i know yeah. so, so it was, it, they put cordyceps in lightning bolt that the energy drink that paul and i drank in the early days of the ugly couch show they put cordyceps in it that explains, that explains a, a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Hannah explains that certain fungi can infect and control its animal hosts and that humans could be next if such deadly spores were to evolve, say, due to climate change. Yeah, they or can. lightning bolt. Or lightning bolt. <laughs> Steven Seagal's lightning bolt. That's yep. what happened to him. Have you seen that him lately? Sense. Yeah. So it, He's a cop now. Clacker. Whatever they call those things from Last of Us. Clickers. Yeah. Clicker. He mentions four different species. I'm not going to say them because I will totally butcher them completely. Oh, please do. Why? Candida, ergot, uh, cordyceps, and aspergillosis. Better than oh. Torgo would have done. Oh, those are the three drinks that they're releasing as non-alcoholic. Yeah. 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 Hergot, hergot what? Her, hergot sick <laughs> from this shit. Oh. Hergot game. <laughs> yes, any one of those four fungi could be capable of burrowing, in, burrowing into our brains and taking control of not millions, but billions of people. Billions of puppets with poison minds, and there yeah. are no treatments for we, this. We call it MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Showrunner Craig Mazin, who also made HBO's Chernobyl, was asked just how much of Hannah's foreboding speech from this opening show was based on actual science. And he said, it's real. It's real to the extent that the fungi do what, what they say they do. And they certainly do it and have been doing it forever. There are some remarkable documentaries that you can watch that are quite terrifying now his warning. Especially if, if you're an ant. Yes. Well, yeah. So what if yeah. they evolve and get into us? From a purely scientific point of view, would they do act exactly to us what they do to ants? Make I don't it, think make so. Make us climb trees? Uh, you know, yeah. slave creatures. Yeah. Hang out kinds. in the shade. Because mm-hmm. they, they take over the ant's brain. They force the ant to climb to the top of a tree where they more. get a good sunlight. And they have it. The mandibles just clomp onto the side of the tree and just die there as it grows out of its head, literally. Yeah, and it's then yeah, and horrifying. then the spores spread. Yes, yes. Yeah. along the wind. Yeah. So he doesn't think that it'll <sighs> happen to humans. What happens to ants? I doubt it. On the other hand, he's right though. LSD and psilocybin do come from fungus, and those are like yeah. the things that they kind of input into you to make you do those things. So, so magic mushrooms. Yes. He did say that the scene made him think of a similar concern he had while making Chernobyl. What was so chilling to me was that Chernobyl 
it blew up that night, but it could have blown up a week before. It could have blown up a month before, which means that right now there's something that's just waiting to blow up. You just don't know what it, what it is and what about it. It is upsetting to say to people, we knew about this. It's been there. Now we're going to show you the night it finally happens. We call it MAGA. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many magic mushrooms would one say have to have ingested to be worried about this sort of thing? I don't know, Barry. Let's watch you take them all and find out. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> Let me leave the room. I don't want to work. <laughs> Weekend geek. Hey! Woohoo! All right, let's go back to OGL. So, yay! Here's what's happened show. since our discussion of the leak of D and D's open game license. Quick recap. OGL allows creators and publishers to use the rules and ideas of the fantasy role-playing game in their own works, and the new OGL 1.1 system would have hurt the publishers and creators that helped make D&D as popular as it's become. So an open letter was released called Open D&D, condemning the license rules claiming that it will dismantle the entire RPG industry. And quote, uh, that letter now has over 66,000 signatures. I went online to try to find it to possibly add my own, and... They apparently are stopped because I could not add my own. It says we're over 60,000 signatures, and that's the last I could find on it. I got my signature on it. You got it on in early. Yeah. The letter asks for D&D Studio Wizards of the Coast to, quote, revoke the draconian 1.1 OGL and pledge to support the existing 1.0 OGL into future editions of their games. Fans launched a campaign to cancel their D&D Beyond subscriptions. Yep. So many people flooded the page to cancel their memberships, it crashed their page and at one point displayed a 500 internal server error. Uh, the D&D Beyond canceling campaign started after an email from a reported Wizards of the Coast employee leaked and was shared. The email claimed that management was looking at D&D Beyond memberships and cancellations Quote, because it is the quickest financial data they currently have, unquote. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. Got to interject this. Uh, at one point, the link to cancel was was hidden. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, because it broke their... They no, they, they freaking... They hit it. I know, they, but... Because they don't want any more money to go away. <laughs> that too. Uh, popular D&D personality Ginny D also jumped in to push back against the license change, revealing that she canceled her D&D Beyond and suggested that other fans do the same. Now, the backlash caused Wizards of the Coast to cancel an announcement about its updated open gaming license for a second time. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons publisher Wizards of the Coast responded to the intense backlash that they had received from fans. Uh, as for the statement, they say they want their t- they <coughs> say that their team wants to be, quote, good stewards of the game, unquote. Lie. And that the open game license was for fans. Lie. Uh, I have the entire statement... It's long. It's a long statement, and yeah. it's full of fucking lies. Yeah, but they won. It's them just trying to cover their ass, and the, you know what? I think if you're going to read one part of this this lie, this bullshit, I think you should read the part where they said they won. Uh, they, they they think it said they both won. Everyone won. That's you're going to hear people say that they won, and we lost because making your voices heard forced us to change our plans. Those people will only be half right. They won, and so did we. See, it was a tie. Yeah, it's a tie. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most condescending <laughs> bullshit. Our plan was always to solicit the input of the community. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You sent that shit out and expected people to sign it. Fuck you, wizards. Paizo, the company behind Pathfinder, which yeah. many believe to be the main target of the OGL changes, recently announced a system-neutral open RPG license called the Open RPG Creative License, or ORC. 
the key parts of ORC are that it's designed to be open, perpetual, and irrevocable. In short, they don't believe Wizards of the Coast can deauthorize OGL 1.0a and are willing to fight it in court. It also talks about how ORC is designed for any game publishers to join in with their own unique open rules reference documents for creators to use. Uh, ORC will not be owned by an RPG company, but rather Azora Law, an IP firm that represents several publishers, including Paizo. The idea is that this will provide increased safety and security for ORC and prevent similar debacle as to what's happening now with OGL. Uh, Paizo isn't starting ORC alone. Chaosium, Cobalt Press, Legendary Games, and more have already agreed to ORC with Paizo. Colville. Uh, other important notes f- include the fact that Paizo will continue to release Pathfinder and Starfinder products, and many upcoming products will still state they are published under OGL 1.0a because they're at the printers and the ORC hasn't been finalized. Then there will be products released without any license, and then when the ORC is finalized, products will list it. So that's what's happened since. There's been other there's been other little things. People sure. have been waiting for like the big names to say stuff. Yeah. Like uh, Critical Role. Now Critical Role released a statement because they'd be remiss not to, but it was like a statement released by a prisoner of war. <laughs> Wow. Like, it's clear that yeah. they were blinking SOS help torture yeah, 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 during yeah, this yeah. statement. <clears throat> so they, 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 they were they were supportive of creators, but they that's where they went. And a lot of people were like, Oh, you couldn't say more and they can't. And people started standing up and saying, easy, easy. They they're probably under contract and all that stuff that they're doing for their stuff. So they they're probably they're probably walking the edge right where they went. Jerry Or on the other hand, <laughs> oh yeah, from yeah, Penny yeah. Arcade, yeah. Oh, took a completely different store, uh, different path on yeah. that, uh, and just kind of ripped on them a little bit in their comic and in the in their news. So I encourage you to go read Penny Arcade. Uh, who, oh, and then uh, I just found something from Ghostfire. They're uh, the Ghostfire Gaming, and that said, we'd love to continue making five E compatible products, but with the chaos is born new opportunities. Uh, we'll be talking to those in the Ghostfire family and other third-party friends to find the best way forward, whether that's finding a different path with a capital P, hey, yo. or sailing under a new flag with a capital F, <laughs> black flag, black flag with a Cobalt Press's new thing. That's <laughs> It's still being discussed. <laughs> those guys. Yeah. And what company is that? The Ghostfire Gaming. And yeah. they do what? Don't ask. I don't like There's so much <laughs> shit. I don't know. But I'm, I'm really uh, Cobalt Press is just you know all about it. Uh, that that uh, day like four days ago, uh, there was a whole big thing on their Discord about Project Black Flag, yeah. and they're going to be it really, pirates. It's 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 a system. No. <laughs> I know it's a system, but no. they're probably going to be pirates. No, the, the Black Flag is re- referring to the whole. Uh, Pir- it, it's yes. a punk RPG. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's been fun. It's you. been interesting. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's just nothing I, new from Wizards. Yeah, you know, they they kick the can down the road just a, just a little bit. Yes, but damage done. People are starting to look around and say, mm-hmm. well, "Well, what do we do?" I still, I still want somebody to make something as close to it as they can, put it out there, and let let Hasbro say we got to sue, and then let then we let see the if courts. the EFF was right. Well, yeah, because 
Because a lot of legal people, um, including the top minds at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, they weighed in on it. Mm -hmm. And um, there was one uh, legal one. I don't know if it was actually legal, legal, or, but uh, they, they actually said, can they do blah, 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 blah? Well, we don't know. It hasn't been tested in court yet. And there's so much about mm, the... Precedents. Yeah, you can't... The, the Supreme Court said you can't copyright game mechanics. Yes. But the, the limitations, where the, where the line is, has not been established. That needs the court precedent. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, so much of, of rulings in court proceedings nowadays is about precedent have we ruled on the same type right. of thing before how e did we yeah, rule except abortion but um <laughs> well, it, yes it, it, but, and keep in mind i could sue you now right now yes. for using the letter k in your name go right. for it and now obviously i'm not gonna win right. but if i got enough money I'll if you send me a cease and desist and i talk to todd the lawyer who you know you want to talk to him because he'll stab you right in the back depending on who darned right he'll but he'll also say this is going to be five figures and i'm like it's i'm i'm making three figures <laughs> and it's like well i I can't sue then. Okay, it's a very sharp knife. Yeah, it is. Oh, you used the word K. I'm suing you too. And I'll put my billion uh, dollar company behind me. Ah, uh, but I've got the six figures to make it work. And a lot of knives. <laughs> You're just a creepy bastard. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. Um, I'm not big on Pathfinder. I don't like it But at the same time, you know, like hey, well, you only played first edition. Second edition is different. And I encourage everyone to go and look at the differences between 5e and uh, second edition Pathfinder. And I'll and I'll post a link on the Discord because I saw one that explains it in like two pages, and it's it's not bad. It really when isn't was bad. second edition Pathfinder published? Twenty twenty. Okay, so it's brand new. Yeah, it's not the one that we played with Eric or whoever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I don't know I don't know I just I I I hope it shakes out so that previous stuff can can survive and continue to be made. But I think it's pretty obvious. Hasbro wants to suppress all that. Well, because the they want to make the money that people have been making on their... Yeah. And, most and, 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 and they're foolish to think that all that money is just going to magically go to them. I know. It's a lot like when people talk about piracy, you know? Every single click on a pirated thing is money not in my pocket. No, no not no. necessarily. Not really. Because um, it's typically one, people that weren't going to spend money on it anyway. Exactly. And one of the things that uh, actually not annoyed me but was missing from the uh, the opening arguments thing, uh, Jeff, when they were talking about Paizo and how Paizo shot up when uh, when they used the OGO for Pathfinder is they didn't talk about, they didn't go into real depth about 4th edition and how so many people did not like 4th edition and Paizo was there with another version of 3rd and that's where, that's where all that base came from. And I think the lesson there is if you make a good system, I don't think you're going to lose. And I really don't think... Watsi was going in that direction with 6E. I think they were going to make something that worked and it wasn't going to be super alienating and all that, but it wasn't about the system. It wasn't about the gaming at all. It was about clearing the field so they could do it all on their own. Yeah. And it's a major mistake because the OGL, I, I seriously think the 5E is damn good. I like it, but I seriously think OGL has everything to do 
with the massive amount of success, critical role, Stranger Things notwithstanding, and and they're really just stepping on their dick. And they say that oh, you know, if you're not like a big name creator, you're not making seven fifty k or more, it's not going to affect you. Yeah, it actually will yes. because people. Like, if I'm running a game for the, the six people at this table, five and me, uh, I'm probably going to be the one who's buying stuff and mm-hmm. developing things. And there's so much great third-party... Sorry. There's so much third-party content that's better than what Wizards has been putting out. That's by the problems. Far, and it's either free or cheap. Yeah. Yeah. That... I'm going to go and get that. In fact, I always use DMs Guild or whatever right. to go and, and sure. find some of that. Um, and if they're suppressing that, then they're hurting the hobby. And one of the things that also annoyed me about opening arguments was they talked about Paizo. And they, Paizo makes like $35 million a year. It's got like 156 employees. And so when they were talking about the royalty thing, they're like, well, this is obviously all about Paizo. They're not really, I don't think they're going after the middle guy. And it's like, dude, 750000 that's your break point to go after Paizo that you just said is $35 million? They're going after a fuckload of people. Well, but the, I, if I remember correctly, and I, I know Legal Eagle brings it up, it's like the vast majority of the third-party publishers don't even approach yes that 750 right. so it's not going to affect anybody but the largest ones well so they, they is, said 20 so they've obviously looked at their numbers and they know what's going on right. but that's 750,000 is changeable it? anytime and you still got to report yeah. stuff to them and at 50, they can do the thing like they did with the bronies well you only have yeah. to report God, what a horrible if you're making over 750,000 no, no. 50,000 if you make if you report over 50, oh, yes. you, have to report. you have to start reporting what you make off of the so I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't see it as being as going after really big things. They're they're really quant they quashing stuff that is successful. Yeah, they're going for mid list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their PR I, I, is awful. Whoever made the decision to release that second statement should be fired. That was that was. I'm Yeah, because if I'm anything, I'm going to bet it with someone. This is what I've drafted for you. No, this is not right. You can't. Okay, what changes? Do you, like they probably rewrote it six or seven times. Uh, well, no doubt. And but the whole now some will say that they won Told and we it. lost. That's what the hell? You don't say Passive, that. Aggressive That's bullshit. Yes, in but the face <laughs> you're gaslighting bullshit. Yeah, oh yeah, and you're just you're you're making yourself just look so stupid well, by like, going it's there. Like just your teenage just, friends and you got into a fight and you're like, well, mine's better just because you know it has my name on it and yeah. yours your name sucks. It's, so it, they should have just been like, oops, okay, sorry. All right, this is this is what we're looking at doing now. I said it before, they need to get a person on a video reading all this. If that person can look us in like in the eye, kind of, you know, by looking at us in the camera and saying all that with a straight face, that would be something. That I I, I would listen to that, but then at least we'd have a, a head to Example, the company that makes Minecraft, and I'm blanking on what they're Mojang. Mo- yeah, Mojang. Mojang. You mean Microsoft? Well, they're owned <laughs> by them, but Mojang. <laughs> so the last big update that they were going to have, and I think it was in 20, late 2020 or 2021, all right. um, when they added the caves and all those things and they had to push it back. Mm-hmm. They made a press release, but they went on video and on camera and, you know, face to face explained. This is, you know, we're really sorry. We wanted to make sure that we gave you the best contact possible and that if we push it and rush it, it's not going to happen. And But they were very honest, but they did it visually on video and published find, it that so way. So find someone brave enough to do that. Better yet, find someone brave enough to do a no-holds-barred interview with a hostile press. 
That's what I want to see. Yeah. Tony Stark. I think you should do it, Barry. Yeah. I, I think someone should write two comments at uh, geekshockpodcast.com. With, uh, and if you're a Wizards employee, please, uh, I, will, I will keep your, your, your name secret. And I want to see Barry take on a hostile press. Yes. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> I can take on a hostile press. Do you think that uh, Hasbro had the right... Let me stop you right there. You won, and so did we. <laughs> and in a great sense of timing... Paramount Plus has ordered an eight-episode season of a brand-new Dungeons & Dragons streaming series, potentially paving the way for an entire universe of new stories stemming from the fantasy role-playing game. Uh, Red Notice creator Ross and Marshall Thurber, I love it when they have three names, is set to direct and write the pilot episode for the new series, which will be a co-production of Paramount and Hasbro's E1. Plot details for the series are being kept under wraps at this point, but if it's successful, the new D&D series could pave the way for various spinoff shows, including both scripted and unscripted options. Uh, the upcoming movie, Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, is in theaters March 31st, and the streaming series did not have a premiere date yet. I was going to ask if they were going to link it to the movie, but it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, and... At this point, oh, this the timing of this whole thing is just it's amazing. It's amazing. Spectacular. You can you can you can see that the whole OGL release and all that was supposed to just be new OGL. Yay! TV series. Woot! Movie at the end of March. Yeehaw! And yes. <laughs> it was the Friday news dump. Oh my lordy lord. Was it on a Friday? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but the fr- that's a term. A I, I know. Yeah. 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 Hey, don't pay attention. Look at this now. Yeah. Please, Throw it out look the at trash. this. Yeah, the things you don't see because you're about to start the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> NBC Universal announced plans to construct two brand new theme parks in Texas and Nevada. Uh, the first is headed for Las Vegas. It'll be like Halloween Horror Nights at the parks in Orlando and Hollywood, except all year round. Uh, coming to Vegas's Area 15 Entertainment District at an unspecified date, this horror park is set to draw on the library of classic Universal monsters and offer up, quote, modern horror and suspense stories through collabor- uh, collaborations with such high-profile filmmakers as Jason Blum, James Wan, and Jordan Peele, unquote, states the release. It also promises a continuously updated experience with the to-be-announced seasonal events and exclusive merchandise. Now, the second park, slated for the North Texas town of Frisco, will appeal to families with young children. Aren't too many details available at this time, though it's been confirmed that Texas Venture will be smaller in comparison to the company's attractions found in Orlando and Hollywood. Who cares about that? Vegas is getting another yes. year-round horror haunt thing. Yeah, it's supposed go. to be part of a massive... Expansion, expansion for Area 15. And it is massive. Yeah. If you look at the the oh, artist yeah. rendering of... Mm-hmm. It's like... It's exactly it, the size it is now and just... It almost triples the yeah, size of it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Wow. It's huge. So it's... Yeah, Area 15 is expanding in a massive way and I can't think of a better tenant. Frankly. That's pretty cool. I mean, when it comes to the yearly horror haunts, it's... Not Scary Farm. Not Scary Farm is always my favorite. But Universal Horror Nights has come up and kind of overshot it. As long as it's not like that shit that Eli Roth put on the, the strip. Then there is oh, that. Oh, yeah. Ugh. There is the, uh, a the while most... ago, what, uh, 10 years ago? <laughs> it was about 10 years ago we did yeah. that. Uh, Eli Roth opened up a year-run haunted house on the strip. Uh, second floor attached oh, yeah, to we the went. We went. Planet Hollywood. Yeah. We did. As a group, yeah. we went. 
And uh, it wasn't great. No. In fact, uh, the bar was more interesting because the bathroom had haunted things in it. It was fun for like the elevator portion. And then the rest is just, here, look at all this dopey shit. Yeah, it just... It's it, it leaned heavily into the gross. It's it's kind of like when you go to the well Halloween horror nights and you have that one haunt that is the backwoods hillbillies that are actually cannibals. That was pretty much all this, and except with a larger gore budget for the kitchen, and it was like pro- projected uh, cockroaches on food, and just, it was stupid. It was it was it better great. or worse than the. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead experience that was at Fremont Street. Oh, that was awful. I, I never went to that. Really? That I never awful. went to that. That was awful. Yeah, so oh, I couldn't tell you. No. That's funny. I went to that, but I never went to the Roth thing. So Yeah, I didn't go to the Roth thing either. It lasted a year. The Roth thing lasted right. one year, and then yeah, it was gone. Didn't they like shut it down and reduce the size like after six months? They... Like it was... It was Mm-hmm. They, they laid off a bunch of actors, yeah. so it was a lot emptier as far as jump scares go. And they also had a daytime lights-on walkthrough without jump scares for the squeamish. It could not have been worse than the one we did in Galveston, Texas. Oh Do you God. remember this? It was yeah. like a haunted house thing. And the guy who took our sold us our tickets and took our tickets was the only guy working there. And he'd run between the things and scare us. <laughs> Wow, that was like Star Trek towards the end. Oh, that was the trip we went for your birthday oh, yeah, when we first yeah. moved there. Happy birthday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the solo Ensign Thomas show. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so horrible. <laughs> I, I, went, I went on one of those that I was, I was embarrassed. Yeah. As a fan, I was embarrassed yeah. to go through that. <sighs> I went on a similar haunted house experience. There used to be a year-round haunted house just outside of Kings Island, mm. uh, outside of Cincinnati and Ohio. And uh, the first year I went to it, it was one of the best haunted houses I'd ever been to. They had a plant in the group, all right? So someone in your group was going to get snatched by a monster some way through. And every room had a lot of attention detail done through it. And they were based on, there was an alien room and a psycho room. And there was a great halfway point where they were told you about. There'll be a point where it gets scarier, but there'll be a way to leave if you don't want to go through the scarier part. And what they did to introduce to that part is you pass by this cage and then ended at a, a uh, dead end. Uh, and the monster broke out of his cage and started approaching to you. Then a secret door opened and you were led into this library where there's monks walking around and say, we are the monks that protect this area and we've saved you, but we can't help you again. So if you go on, you go without our help. And they just had this whole cool story, cool. immersive thing to it. And it was great. From then on, it was scarier, and the rooms were still just as amazing. And I went the next year, and it was just like the Galveston one you talked to me about. Oh, no. Me me and my girlfriend at the time went to it, and we were joined by a girl that was about 10 years old. So we're like, well, you're a fucking plant. No little girl (laughs) 10 years old walks into a thing by herself like this. And it was two dudes running around with chainsaws, same dudes over and over again. They snatched the girl at some point. It was like, oh, this, oh, how far you've fallen. 
But uh, well, the, once the revenue starts drying up, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah what you're gonna do? Yeah, yeah. It, they they come in with a bang, but then they kind of just peter out. Well, that's why a lot of those are seasonal. They're not yeah. year round because people don't do those things year round. Like so, you go around rattling doors and shaking shit, and you can kind of hear them running around behind the scenes. It's so stupid. But if they're gonna make this like <laughs> some of that, but also horror focused, that's a different draw <laughs> than just having haunted meal. houses the whole time. Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, when this opens, go early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they go, start yeah, go things. quick. Yeah, I, I do want to make one note though. I am a little offended because everybody, when this got posted, was just like, "Hey, Todd, great news for you. Hey, yo, you're gonna <laughs> love." And it's like, I'm the biggest Universal horror fan <laughs> on this fucking cast, and nobody, they, they, you know, no offense, Deb, but they even mentioned you, and it's just like, I'm the one. Who talks about Bride of Frankenstein and Dracula and Spanish Dracula and Lon Chaney's Yeah, so career. Todd, you're going to love it, man. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be great, Todd. You're going to love it. I, it's a and horror they house only mention me because he's thinking that I'm going to hate it. I, yes, but even, it. even you hating it takes precedence over... And the, the, and just I, as long as Universal doesn't charge as much as they try to charge you for like line skipping at Universal Studios, because oh that is some bullshit. That's gotten out of control. And I hear they're going to have that monster named Frankenstein in it. It's going to be great. The the, the, the scientist was Frankenstein. No, no, that, 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 that was the monster. 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 The monster. monster. I hate. I, I just hate everybody. <laughs> but, but but that's my stapler. And because apparently uh, we have. We're cyclical on the show. Writer and director sick. Kevin Smith oh, is God. going to be keeping himself super busy with several new films he's currently developing. Mm. During a recent appearance at GalaxyCon, Smith shared that he has his next five films lined up, and they're all set up in various studios. Smith revealed that his next two films will be the long-awaited Twilight of the Mallrats and the 430 movie, which is a film inspired by his life. Uh, we don't know much about these movies. Uh, which of these will come first? Uh, the filmmaker's also developing his long-talked-about horror movie, Moose Jaws, a fourth Jay and Silent Bob movie, and a sequel to Tusk. He shared some insight on how these projects came about, coming along, saying, uh, Moose Jaws is a movie I've been threatening to make for a long time, but thanks to the good folks at Lionsgate, it's actually going to happen. The reason Clerks 3 got made is Lionsgate had home video on Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, they didn't have theatrical. That was Saban and overseas. It was Universal. But Lionsgate had home video, which to me is streaming, but Lionsgate still makes DVDs and Blu-rays and Steelbooks, physical media. So four months after the physical re- media release of Jay and Silent Bob reboot, we got a phone call from the people at Lionsgate, and they were like, we sold so many copies of Jay and Silent Bob reboot on DVD and Blu-ray that if you have any more of this Jay and Silent Bob bullshit and you can make it for... <laughs> And you can make it for under $8 million. We'll totally do it. And I was like, I am filled with nothing but Jay and Silent Bob bullshit. <laughs> Unquote. Wow. Uh, he then went on to talk about how Moose Jaws got the green light and that Lionsgate wants to make four of them. Uh, he continued. And so were they like, oh, well, like what? And I said, well, I've got this movie, Clerks 3, that they're in. And they're like, okay, what else? And I, was, I got this movie called Moose Jaws. And they're like, what's Moose Jaws? And I was like, Moose Jaws is like Jaws, but with a moose instead of a shark. And they said, what's the budget on that? And I was like, about three million bucks. And they're like, we'll make four of them. So it looks like Moose Jaws oh is finally going to happen. Oh wow. Dunright Productions is just doing it all wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't stand Kevin Smith films. I can't stand them. It's because you're, you're, you're a 
piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. There, there, there it is. Laid out. Laid out for everyone to hear. Kevin Smith made one good film called Red State. Have you seen this? That is a good movie. That is a good movie. One of my favorite monologue movie monologues is from that. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Clerks 3 is actually quite brilliant. I still and need to see You just haven't seen it. I'm not going to say anything. Clerks was decent. It was good. I liked Jay it. Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Is that, that the one with the angels? That no. was Dogma. That Dogma. Dogma. Dogma was okay. No, I actually am a big fan of Chasing Amy. Just, oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Cheesy, I like cheap jokes. <laughs> I, I will fully admit that I love, that. I love Kevin Smith movies yes. overall. There's a few I still haven't seen. I haven't seen Tusk. I haven't seen uh, Kevin Yo- Smith. Uh, like Yoga Hosers or whatever. Golf but, uh, or whatever. Yoga Hosers is not good. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll definitely give you that one. Uh, Yoga Hosers was a spinoff of Tusk. Did you know that? Yes. Yes, I did know that. Uh, I, I think what it is is that just the uh, weediness of Kevin Smith in these last few years has just really kind of turned me off of Kevin Smith. He's just got to stop. Uh, well, but, the bonkers films, definitely. But like the, the films he really cares a lot about, I know. I, because Jay and Silent Bob reboot was, was far better than I thought it was going to be. Same thing Good, with Clerks 3. Uh, Clerks 3, I was really surprised at how good it was, uh, especially when you get into like the, the third and fourth act. It's just like, it, it's, yeah, I, I can't say too much more because you haven't seen it yet, but um, mm. the, 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 what do you call them? The True North series stuff. That's the, uh, the stuff that takes place in Canada. So the Yoga Hosers, the Moose Jaws, the um, Tusk, Tusk uh, mm. those are the ones that are like his... Weed fueled fever dreams. That Super Troopers is better. Super Troopers is way better in that in that respect. Yes, but um, what do you uh, think is better? Write to us comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And I want to thank our tier three members: Dance Tech Daniel Loser, Snoop Two, Elizabeth W, Gabriel Adame, Adrian Kirsch, Major Meh, Michael Hoffman, Azriel One Seven Five, Mohan Nair, The Microscoop, Steve Biggs, Elena Nup, Kenton Miller. Congratulations, Elena! By the way, Asia Shakai. Uh, Asia. Asia Shakai and uh, Alexander West and uh, Gomer Geek. Uh, and of course, our tier four members King Vault, Deb T, David Farrar, and J.R. Conkle. And our tier five members Jeff Harris, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, Glumley, and our new tier five member Atomic Gumby. Atomic Gumby! Woo! And a big thank you to uh, King Vault for your one off once again. Again? And uh, Dig McSmigs for, for joining us on Tier 1 and for Mr. Sticky Pants for jumping up to Tier 2 after being gone for a few. So thank you all for joining yes, our Kofi. And if uh, our Kofi rewards sound charming to you, go to ko-fi slash geekshock and you will find what you want to find there. And special thank you to our theme song creator, Sam Hefferton. It's called The Burning Light. You can find his music at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. Our red light, green light theme writer is Justin Nozick, a.k.a. Froyong Serve. You can find his music at theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com. And you, dear listener, thank you for joining us again this week. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Kevin Smith sucks. And Deb. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. And don't forget, folks, you can also link to everything, including the Kofi and our shop, from our official website, geekshockpodcast.com. Absolutely. And if you're so inclined and in Vegas, this weekend's LVO. What there is LVO? Go. That's the Las Vegas Open, the one of the biggest tabletop miniature championships in the world. What does that room smell like? That yeah. smell, well, smells like victory is what it smells like. Shirtless guys in spandex pussing pu- pu- uh, oh, yes. around <laughs> little figs.
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for the fuck fast and baggage members, uh, I put the word out. <laughs> let's uh, you know grab a D and D date. Um, I put the any Friday in January. Let's talk about it. We want to talk about the first week of February as well. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, go ahead and get back together, gang. I love it. Fuck fast. No, no, uh, no, no black fast and we'll, haggis. Yeah, fuck fast buck and baggage. Fast. <laughs> Say buck. Fuck. Say buck with a B. Fuck with a B. Say. <laughs> That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> I am. Right I'm now. fucking with the B, yo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's stand for bitch. <laughs> I didn't say it. Bitch. 